the Christians that are stretching and uh, doing all these things, praying for the right moment when you actually say the moment is now. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you'd push me aside and you be the teacher today. Holy Spirit, fill us so that when we leave this conference, when we leave this morning's uh, two sessions and then tonight and then tomorrow and Sunday night, there would be such a change that people outside of these four walls would say, did, where did you go this weekend? You look refreshed. You look like you went on vacation. And we would say we had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We pray for that in Jesus' name. We also pray, God, for the Lakers. They need it so much. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, verses 44 through 46 says this that it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and the wind, and there was a great Los Angeles rainstorm. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 is a very, very uh, famous portion of scripture prophetically speaking saying, uh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on, would you just lift up those hands with me towards heaven and just say that? Say, Father God, not by my might, not by my power, but by your spirit by faith in Jesus name. I, I love scriptures and I love your theme for your conference. I love the little runner's bibs and the whole uh, theme of uh, run with it. Uh, I, I like it because it's found all throughout scripture about these options. We already heard some of it, but just even stories of people running. Remember in the Old Testament, Joseph ran away from Potiphar's wife. Remember that? First cougar ever mentioned in the Bible, right? He takes off. We, we know David actually ran towards Goliath. Just a few stones. He didn't run away. He ran towards the giant. Uh, Philip, the Bible says, was running alongside the chariot, talking to the eunuch from Ethiopia, talking about scripture and, and describing it. The Bible says that Peter outran John to the tomb. How many of you love that scripture? John says, well, Peter outran, but I looked in first, right? A little competitive there among the disciples. And then, of course, Paul, all throughout scripture, talks about running the race, 
running the race of faith. Amen. And so I, I, I love your theme. And, and I actually used to like running. I say used to. Come on. When you start getting a little bit older, how many of you know it changes from running to, yes, I'm that guy. We live by the beach. We have that sidewalk that goes along the beach. I used to run it, but now that I'm getting older and my knees sometimes flail. Now, now I don't run it, but I'm that guy with the spandex that's like. <laughs> it's gross, isn't it? Just disgusting. But uh, I've actually run, uh, ran, I've run the New York City Marathon two times. 26 point yes clap please yes and uh they, they give you like uh you know they give you a medal when you finish it and like you know most people wear it that day or that moment i wore it for like a week straight you know what i mean just like uh, uh, oh did my medal pop out <laughs> i ran the new york city marathon uh, and uh, so I, I've run it twice. I used to like running. Now I, I like just, I, I like running. I like walking with a coffee. Come on, that's about, that's about the level. But uh, um, we were doing a church thing and I was actually, I was running the marathon and we had tied it so that it would also be like, um, uh, like a fundraiser. We were doing something for missions and every mile and all that stuff. So our church uh, videographers and, and people, and, and we were gonna stream it and we were going to go from where they were at to the church, and I was going to pull, and we were like, okay, mile 13, come over to the side, and the cameras will be there. We'll live stream, and you can talk to the church. And so I kind of saw it in my mind, right? I just saw me, like, like you know, running like Fabio, and, and my hair back, and I'd be like, hey, church, uh, and uh, I'm running for Jesus. And, 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 and uh, so I saw it in my mind, and, and we all said mile 13, this is what, was going to happen and if you've run a marathon uh there was if, at least the new york city marathon there was over fifty thousand people uh and so you get you get jumbled into groups it actually took me a half an hour when they said go it took me a half an hour just to get to the start line because we were just like nah, 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 nah. and uh and, and then you go and so you get in these pockets but i knew mile 13 my wife my kids church was going to be there and I was going to, you know, come over and encourage it. Come on, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, all that I was going to be, you know, don't just stretch. Come on, get in the race. You know, all those things. And, and, and so uh, you get in groups, you get kind of get bunched up in this group. And so you kind of just accept the pace. And, and I didn't realize at mile 13, I was in a group and, and this group also at mile 13 had, had decided that they were going to do something. And I didn't realize it, but I was running with a group of women who were, were um, running uh, to raise awareness to breast cancer, and at, uh, which is an amazing event that they would be doing this. But at mile 13, they had decided that at mile 13, they would take off their shirts and they had, um, some of them had bras that were bedazzled with stuff that, you know, saved the breast or something. And, and other I don't know if they had anything uh, on, uh, yeah, and, uh, and so I'm running, and at mile 13, I lock eyes with my wife, I lock eyes with my kids, I lock eyes with the camera to smile, and with their pastor there, all of a sudden, as I'm about to say, come on, church.
what do you do? So I took off my shirt. Said, let's run for Jesus. of scripture the bible says that the spirit of the lord came upon elijah they're at mount carmel but they are now heading towards jezreel which is 17 miles away ahab is in a chariot he is pulled by a horse if not several horses and Elijah, the Bible says, is so empowered by the Spirit of God that he is actually running not behind the chariot, but he is running in front of the chariot to get from where he was at to get to his destination. This morning, I know it may be early, and I know the caffeine maybe hasn't kicked in, and I know it was a late night last night, but my wife and I drove all the way from Hermosa Beach to tell somebody that the power of God is available to you and I to come upon us and to get us from where we're at to where we need to be. Amen? Not by might, not by my power, but by God's spirit, we can get from where we're at to where we need to be. Somebody say amen. I, I, I did the math and, and, and archaeologists have actually from those times have found old chariots. And because they found the old chariots, they have done tests and they can tell us the approximate speed of different chariots. You have a horse, uh, you have two horse chariot is obviously going to be faster than a one horse chariot. But if you look at only the speed of a one horse chariot, archaeologists have discovered that that chariot would go about 15 to 30 miles per hour. The current world record for the 100-meter dash is 9.58 seconds, which translates to 23.4 miles per hour. It is easy to assume and to pull out of this scripture that if Elijah was running before a chariot, he was probably running at world record speed, and he wasn't just doing it for 100 meters. He was running with the power of God that would get him from where he was at to where he needed to be faster than he could have ever done on his own and faster than what the world could do. Amen. How many of you, how many of you could use the power of God in some areas of your life? How many of you could use the spirit of God to help you? Get from where you're at. Maybe it's in a relationship. Where you're at in a situation that's difficult. Where you're at because of what has happened in your past. But need God's spirit to get you from here to where you're supposed to be. How many of you would like God's spirit to help you with that? I, I, I love this text. 
because not only is it the math, but we have to remember the, 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 uh, the um, spirit and physical place where Elijah is at this time. Elijah has just killed 400 prophets of Baal. You take your best action movie, Rambo, <laughs> Rocky, <laughs> what, what, whatever uh, movie, he has just killed 400 prophets of Baal. How many of you think the prophets of Baal just was like, okay, go ahead, try to kill. How many of you know they were trying to get away? How many of you know they were trying to put up a fight? And he has just killed four, I mean, that 400 prophets of Baal he has just killed. He's not only physically exhausted, he's spiritually exhausted. He has just prayed for the weather to change. And it hasn't changed for three and a half years, yet the, 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 the spiritual pressure of seeking revival, he's not only physically exhausted, but he is spiritually exhausted and he's emotionally exhausted. He comes to the children of Israel. How long are you going to waver between two gods? He's sick and tired of the children of Israel backsliding. He's carrying the emotion of that. He's carrying the physical of actually physically having to kill 400 prophets of Baal. He's spiritually worn out. He has prayed for revival and for three and a half years it hasn't rained and he prays one time and nothing happens the Bible says. Second time nothing happens but he doesn't give up and he keeps on praying and he keeps on praying and he keeps on praying and on the seventh time there is only the size of a fist a cloud around the horizon and all of a sudden he gets a prophetic word that now it is starting to shift it is starting to change and now he is running before a chariot from Mount Carmel to Jezreel the Spirit of God comes upon him and I'm here this morning to tell you that you have every excuse you have been emotionally come on you've got some situations in your life you've got some drama in your family you've got some situations that have been so hard because of 2020, 2021, 2022. But come on, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you have no option to have an excuse or be a victim because the power of God is available. Church folks, come on. It can be exhausting. It can be tough. Pastors, leaders, it can be tough with 50 campuses in Mexico. It can be tough trying to grab the people to come. It can be tough because of society. It can be tough because of relationships. It can be difficult because of all the different things. And we unfortunately have a generation, not that's here now, but there is a generation that is no longer in church and they have all the excuses in the world of what happened to them emotionally, what happened to them mentally, what happened to them spiritually what happened to them and all of those things I'm not trying to make fun of or to belittle but what I am saying is when the power of God comes upon you you don't have the option to be a victim anymore when the power of God comes upon you you say come on I am gonna run with it 
to your neighbor and say, I'm running with it. Push your second favorite neighbor and say, you need to run with it. I love that. He's exhausted, but the spirit of God comes upon him. Why do we get exhausted? Probably because we try to do it on our own power. We try to do it on our own might. And we got to begin to say, come on, not by my might, not by my power. Come on, but by your spirit. Come on, can you lift those hands towards heaven again? Say it with me. Say, Father God, not my might, not my power, but I need your spirit. Fill me right now. Come on, somebody say amen. I, I, I love that if you look at the maps, many of you have maybe gone there before, but if you can see where Mount Carmel is and to get to Jezreel, it was not a nice, easy, flat, simple surface. He was on top of a mountain. They had to wind down corners and, and they had to go through ups and they had to go through downs. There were sharp turns. They had to navigate the topography was not simple. And here he is, the spirit of God is on him. And even with the spirit of God, it enables and empowers him to not just do when everything is even and it's nice. But when there's a hill, the spirit of God says, we climbing up this hill. When there's a valley, come on, we're gonna be able to run down this hill. When there's a sharp corner, it's all right because the spirit, of God has equipped me and empowered me to navigate through difficult situations. How many of you would say life can be difficult? How many of you have ever had something and you didn't see that coming before? Ever just something happened in your life? You're like, I, I, I wasn't prepared for that. I, I, I didn't see that. Uh, Rachel, a few years ago, she's number seven of 10. And in a period of about four years, she lost her mom, she lost her dad, she lost three of her sisters, and she lost her grandparents. You, you don't have a plan for that. We were launching our church in LA during these moments. <laughs> you, you don't plan, we, we, we saw, we're planning a church. We, we, we're just gonna do Joel Osteen. This is my Bible, and there's gonna be a thousand people the first Sunday. We, 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 we just, in our mind, it was going to be one way. But when you understand that the Spirit of God comes on you to navigate difficult things. The Bible says it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. What is the Bible saying? That all of us are gonna have some difficult situations and the difference between us and a person that's not saved is we have the power of God to say, yes, it was difficult. Yes, it was tough. Yes, it was unexpected. Yes, I did not see that coming, but because the power of God is on me, it's gonna help me navigate through anything the enemy would try to bring and I am not going to stay where I was but come on somebody I am going to get to my destination amen I love that some of you are right now in the middle of navigating in your marriage you're navigating with your teenagers you're navigating 
with your finances. I didn't see this coming. We didn't prepare for this. I, I thought I had this job. I thought my business. Can I encourage you today? <laughs> not by might. Not by power. But come on, God's spirit is going to come on you. And you are going to get through this valley. You're going to get through this situation. You're going to get through this obstacle. And you're going to get from where you're at to where you're supposed to be. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, say amen. I just got a couple more. Is this all right? I, I, I love this and I said this, but Mount Carmel to Jezreel is over 17 miles away. The power of God didn't just come on Elijah for um, just this one moment, uh, just this mile one, <laughs> Sunday service, <laughs> conference only. No, the power of God came because we are not in a sprint, but we are in a marathon. We are in it for the long run. And when the power of God comes on us, it is not a camp high. It is not a, a, a conference high. It is not just because it was a really good service. Thank God there have been some really good services. But can I tell you that the power of God is there for our Monday when conference is over it's Monday when you got to go to LAX and pick up a family member who would go to LAX on a Monday to pick up a family member get an uber come on but somebody needs to know that right now that what you're in the middle of you're looking at how to get out and you think it's impossible you begin to see long term and you're like there is no way but the Bible says do not grow weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if if you faint not, the power of God comes upon Elijah and he gets past mile one, mile two, mile three, and he is just like your video. He is running like Forrest Gump. I just kept running. I just kept running and running. <laughs> right? The power of God comes and it's not just for a moment of a good service for Tuesday when all hell breaks loose power of God is still on you <laughs> and you just keep on running <laughs> situations at work you keep on running situations at school you keep on running you watch Fox News and CNN News you just keep on running crazy people in Los Angeles you keep on running crazy people in your church pastors you just keep on running come on your mama your drama your llama come on anything else that rhymes come on you just keep on running. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, keep running. <laughs> say, run, Jenny, run. <laughs> I think I messed up the movie. Sorry. <laughs> that, does that make sense? It comes on us to navigate tough terrain, but also comes on us for the long run. I love it when, uh, uh, when we've got your parents here who've been married for how many years? 52 years. Come on. 52 years. The long term. 
Come on, this church has got great seed of generations. Not just somebody popping in one minute and then taking off the next, but something that says, I'm going to be planted in God's house. Come on, I'm going to be planted. I'm going to see his fruit. I'm going to see the transformation. I'm in this for the long haul. Amen. Power of God for the distance for the race, for 52 years of marriage. Babe, we're halfway there. 26 years, we're halfway there. We're catching up. Amen. Not only tough terrain, not distance, but also the resistance. Think about this. We know this in California. We know this in Tijuana. When, when it rains, and there hasn't been rain for a while, the soil can't contain it. When it rains and there's a storm, and the Bible says there's about to be an abundance of rain. This is not a Seattle, London sprinkle. This is like a, come on, a, a holy, what atmospheric river is gonna, is gonna flood this area. There's wind, there's a storm, there's a resistance, a, a pushing back. Elijah wants to get there, but everything in him is trying to keep him from it. In the New Testament, Jesus is trying to get from one side to another. What happens? A storm arises that tries to keep Jesus over here, but the Spirit of God, come on, Jesus says and speaks to that storm. He begins to say, peace. Come on, he begins to say uh, and rebukes it. He says, I am going to get from where I'm at to where I'm supposed to be and there is no enemy there is no devil there is no obstacle that is going to keep me and it's not going to be by my might it's not going to be by my power but because of God's spirit come on there is not anything the gates of hell will not keep me from walking in my prophetic future and my prophetic promise somebody needs to put their shoulders back today and lift up their head and let the enemy know that you are not going to distract me I am not going to go back, but I am only moving ahead. I am putting those things behind, and I am pressing towards the mark of the high calling. Right? It's so tough being a Christian. <laughs> They're taking away our rights. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so hard pastoring in LA. We used to pastor in North Carolina, and and everybody was a Christian there. And now there's so many secular people, and they're pagan. And I saw a Darwin fish eating a Jesus fish. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The power of God. 
comes upon Elijah and there is not a wind there is not a storm there is not a mud pit there is not anything that could keep him from getting to his destination because when the spirit of the Lord is upon you come on you're not concerned about the resistance in fact the resistance just lets you know that you're on the right course if there was no resistance maybe you're not running the right way but because we're taking ground because we're elevating because we're running with it we like the resistance we like it because it makes us know we just might be on to something amen my hair flows with resistance i'm cooled down by resistance i have some mud on my shoes because of resistance amen i just need to encourage somebody here don't feel bad don't feel sorry don't let shame or condemnation try to come against you right now because you're facing resistance in your finances your marriage you, you, you've been married for 10 years and now it's just like it's kind of tough and sometimes it feels like it's a where you're a business manager and it's just you're, you're not feeling the love and you're just tough don't 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 give up say no 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 this is just part of the resistance and because there's a resistance I'm gonna be more intentional Come on, baby, we, we're going to play Marvin Gaye tonight. Come on, we're, 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 I'm going I'm to take you out to all-you-can-eat tacos at Taco Bell. Come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something special. Come on, we may be broke. We may be uh, right now difficult, but these obstacles that are against us are not going to define us because the Spirit of God is on us, and we were here, but we're going to get there. Slap your neighbor and say, I'm getting there. Push your other neighbor and say, we're getting in there. Two more and I'll close. Is this all right? I only got one more. Wow. We got another session. I'm just, I'm just setting it up. Is that all right? I think I, did, I, I, think I, I think I struggle with this one, especially when I come to your church. It's the comparison. Comparing, right? Anybody ever compare before? Three of you. Nobody else has ever compared. <laughs> I, I, I hate it. I, I go through Sunday and I preach and I, we're trying to grow two campuses. And sometimes it feels like there's more. I know, especially when we started, it felt like there was more people on the worship team than there was in the service. And I'd just be like, oh, I preach. And I, I give everything. And then wouldn't you know it, one of my preacher friends would be on Instagram. We baptized 3,000 people today. And, 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 and as a pastor, I should be rejoicing, right? I should be excited. Like, must not be preaching the gospel. Well, I, I worship man. We, we, we'd be going for it. We'd have so many, like, how many of you sometimes believe that the devil uh, 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 ran the sound department in heaven. Come on. We'd have all kinds of sound. You know what I mean? And we, we'd have the, the click 
would come through the speaker. And so the, only the instrumenters are supposed to hear the click and they're supposed to hear the one, two, three. And instead it'd come out in the main speaker. Chorus, one, two, three. Bridge, one, two, three. And I'm trying to worship. I'm trying to pretend like it's holy. But I'm, I'm, I'm mad. Anybody? And you go through Instagram and they like show how all these people worshiping, falling to the altar. You're like, Ugh. here's Elijah. He's done everything right. I, and I, I, I don't know if you've ever done that. You, you do everything right. And the spirit of God is on you. You're running your race. But you compare and turn around. And there's Ahab. <laughs> the most evil man in the Bible is just on the ride. <laughs> Give me up. Give me up. I don't know about you, but like if I'm Elijah, I'll lose my salvation. I will backslide for about two minutes and I will anoint him with my shoe. Come on, anybody? Is it only me? Am I the only one still being sanctified? Come on, anybody have those moments? Have you ever done anything right and you see somebody do that you know for a fact is wrong and they're living the life, sitting in a chariot and you're like, I guess I'm the only one. And I'm like, what? Like, like what? But God, what, what's this knucklehead doing? What is this jack wagon behind me on a chariot? He's the most evil man. He's caused it to not rain. And now he's just behind while I'm running. His horses are trying to bite my butt. Right? I, I, I sometimes, comparing, getting frustrated, you start running someone else's race instead of your race. <laughs> instead of looking forward, you're talking about what happened 1982. You're like Uncle Rico talking about what would happen if you would have got put in the game talking about the pain of yesterday, talking about what happened before, talking about your ex-spouse, talking about something else that happened, and you're spending more time behind you than in front of you saying, come on, no weapon formed against me is even prospering, and I'm going to get to this place, and only thing that can be said is it was God. Henry Ford figured out something very early. He said, come on, let's make a big windshield on this Model T and we'll put a very small rear view mirror because it's way more important to be focused on where you are going than to keep focusing on everywhere you have been. Amen. Spirit of God comes upon Elijah 
And he gets from where he's at to where he's supposed to be. And the Bible never says he got out, punched Ahab, and got on the chariot and finished the race. If it was me and the passion translation put together and it was my story, there would have been some passion. Come on, somebody. But, but, but can I tell you, the enemy wins when we focus on the betrayal of yesterday. When we can, with the grace of God, with a smile and with joy, finish our race, not looking behind, but pressing towards the mark of the high calling. Come on, we'll be changed. Let's close. Hands up. Come on, hands up. We're going to close. Could I get a keyboard player or a, a guitar player, a harp player? I'll take, I'll take the triangle too. I'll take anything right now. Just want to pray for you. Come on, hands up. Come on, hands up. Say it with me. Say, Holy Spirit, not by my might, not by my power, not by my hustle, not, my be, my, not by me trying harder, not by me uh, uh, hustling and trying to navigate it myself. But Holy Spirit, let it be you. Right now, Holy Spirit, fill me to overflow from where I'm at to where I'm supposed to be. You have a specific destination. You have a plan. You have a purpose. I'm looking forward. I'm not going to stretch on the stage all day. I'm running towards you. Come on, somebody say amen. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I'm going to close. I know we've got another session. I don't know. I, I know I've got a clock, but I don't even know what my clock is supposed to say. If I'm supposed to be, if I'm over, under, uh, but I would just like to close with this and we, we'll, I'll pass it to whoever I'm supposed to pass it to and we can get on to the next session. <clears throat> I, it's such an honor to be here. I just, uh, it's just totally honored that your pastors would even let me be a part of this conference. My wife and I this morning as we woke up, it's just like, I, I don't want to be a, I don't feel like I'm just here to give a good raw, raw message. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to freshly empower some people. And this morning, you're on low. You're on empty. And you keep on trying to do it on your own. Some of you are great Christians, but it's religion that keeps you going instead of relationship. So you beat yourself up and you're here because you feel like you have to and it's all on your own. I just, I just believe this conference, I just believe this weekend, not just this morning, but the next session tonight, tomorrow morning and, 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 and Sunday night, 
I just believe the Holy Spirit is going to do something fresh. He's going to empower so that we could run with it. This morning, you'd say, I'm, I'm on fumes. I'm on fumes. You could be a pastor. You could be a leader. You could be running a department. You could be a mom. You could be a student. But you'd say, I, I just, as a dad, I'm running on fumes. I'm, tr I'm trying to do everything, and I'm running on fumes, and I need a fresh pouring out of God's Spirit. I'm going to simply count to three, and I don't want you to walk up to this altar. Come on, I want some of us to start running with it and to run up to this altar. We're going to lift up our hands. We're going to take a moment to worship, and I just believe He's going to fill us. Come on, one. Come on, two. Come on, three. Just get out of your seat. and Come on. Can you begin to lift up your hands and, and just say, not by my might, not by my power, but God, would your spirit begin to fill us? Come on. Can we sing that right now? Can we begin to sing and declare? Come on. Won't he do it? Come on. Come on. Can we begin to declare right now? Oh, Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that there is a fresh anointing coming on your people. I declare right now. Now, that God we would be able to run with it father God I declare those that are on Mount Carmel and they see the different obstacles that are in front of them oh God I thank you that your spirit is coming upon us and we're gonna get through those situations father God those of us who are weary emotionally weary spiritually weary physically oh God I pray your spirit would come down upon us and it wouldn't be us but it would be you oh God we declare a fresh outpouring of your spirit your word says a fresh oil oh God that there would be a fresh outpouring there was a pouring out on the day of Pentecost we believe that you're doing it now we've heard about revivals in other cities and other towns but God we thankful that you're doing something here in us you're doing something here in this church could we begin to raise our voice Voices. Could we begin to raise our hands? Could we begin to say, God, I'm sick and tired of doing it on my own. I need a fresh wind of your spirit like never before. Come on. Can we declare it even now? Can we sing it even now? Can we prophesy it into existence? Holy Spirit, pour on us in Jesus' name. Everything around me is shaking. Singing. And I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. Come on, lift your voice. So why should he fail now? He won't. Sing it out.
on, sing it out, I'm safe. I'm safe with you. I'm gonna make it through. Sing it again. Rain came, wind blew. My house was built on you. Oh, I'm safe. Sing, I'm gonna make it, yeah, and I'm gonna make it through. I'm standing strong on you. Come on, how many are standing strong on the Lord? Come on, how many were encouraged by that message this morning? Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Come on, he's gonna get us from where we're at to where we're going. He is gonna get us there. How many believe that right now? Lord, in this moment, right now, in this moment, Lord Jesus, as we've, res we've responded to this, Lord Jesus, we've responded to this message, Lord. It, it's grabbed our hearts, Lord, this morning because, Lord, we're all heading somewhere. We want to get where you're trying to take us, Lord Jesus. We, we thank you, Lord, that when the power of God, the Spirit of God comes upon us, Lord, there is no telling. There's no telling what we can do, how fast we could run, what great things you can do through us, Lord Jesus. You are leading us, and we're grateful to you for that. Are you grateful for the Lord this morning? How good is our God? Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He is so good. Take this moment right now. Take this moment right now as you find your way back to your seat. Maybe you just grab someone, put your arm around them and tell them you're going to make it today. Maybe you just let them know you're going to get to where you're going. God is with us. Amen.
Our foyer will be open at 6 p.m., one hour before start time. The cafe will be available to you with lots of great stuff to launch you into our evening session. Ale, I hope you're excited and ready to receive from God this morning. Let's put our focus forward and see what's next. Josh and Francia. I think that's honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes I like being my parent, parents' kid, and sometimes I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's true. I, I'm sure my kids will say the same thing, yeah. too, about me. Yeah, yeah. What, what were some of the difficulties? Difficulties, I think, growing up in, in such a big organization, I guess, not because my church isn't like a fellowship, it, it was just a big church. But just in the Christian world, I think everyone has their own opinion about how you should raise. She's being kids. modest. Her church is the biggest church in Mexico. <laughs> but I think everyone wants to parent you. So everyone, hey, Pastor, I think your daughter should do it this way. I think she should do this. So I think that was like the toughest thing that, hey, don't paint your nails black because that means you're emo and you're this. And so I have everyone's opinion. So I think that was like one of the worst things, but also that was one of the best things because now I see it as so many, I grew up without my mom, but I see it as, now I see all the ladies from church as a mother, you know? So I think 
it's bad, but now I see the good in it. Like, hey, I have so many spiritual mothers. Right. I, I think, uh, Josh, I think one thing that's helped me as at growing up in the church also is that I see a lot of young guys, and I could, I could identify with them a little bit more. Would you say that's kind of true, or you can kind of see yourself, young Josh, and a lot of guys that come to your church? Well, I mean, obviously there is a... Maybe not as good looking, but, you know... <laughs> I mean, uh, there, there, there's obviously a good influence, but my experience as a pastor's kid, uh, to be honest, like, I, I like to be honest, I hated it, and I still do. Why? Because um, there, there's so much pressure. I mean, you, you can't play in a band, you can't open a business, um, you can't do this, you, you're, you're a pastor's kid, you're supposed to preach Sunday in, Sunday night, Wednesday. And, and that pressure... I've, I've always hated limits, and um, I, I think that's that's why I am how I am. Um, I, I'm sorry to be so negative, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting to the positive but stuff. You Don't worry. Listen to Taylor Swift. You know, shake it off. Yes. That's like my thing. Just take it no, off yeah. whatever. I mean, I, I love being I, a pastor. I, I don't think you should have told me that. I had my own impression of Josh, but now that you're talking, I didn't listen to Taylor Swift. And I, 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 mean, I, I love it. I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, it's been the biggest privilege of my life, being a pastor's kid. Um, getting to know the people that I've known. Uh, getting to have the friends that I have. Getting to have the mentors that I have. I, I wouldn't be here without all the trajectory that I've been through in church. And obviously there is a, there's a, una facilitación. Yeah, everything is, I think is easier. There's an advantage, there's an advantage of being a pastor's kid on getting to know guys like Pastor Carl, like Adam, like Israel, like Rex. It's, it's just, that's the advantage of, right? But, but it's hard. Yes, definitely. I could see that. I think one of the advantages, too, that we, we, we forget, we have a lot of young guys here, a lot of young guys running, a lot of things here, uh, uh, Luke, you know, the guys in the back. You see a lot of our guys, the guys that set up the stuff up here. I think that all, I mean, I, Luke, I think, learned all his skills here in church. Everything that he's learned, I mean, I found it like a lot of opportunities that I had. I mean, obviously, you know, being in front of the mic, different things, doing, yeah. you know, plays at church, different things. I mean, I, where would else we have those opportunities, really? I mean, it was pretty cool to learn how to be public speak by just, here, get up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of pluses with growing up in church. But you guys obviously married a PK. <laughs> so, I didn't know she was a pastor's kid. Oh, you didn't? Oh, no. So, no, I didn't. Yeah. I really did. Okay, let's just get down to the bit. Who made the first move? She did. I knew it. I knew it. This is how it started. This is how it started. I tried, bro, for like a year, right? Trying to get her. I didn't know who she was. I, I met her in a concert, right? I thought she was cute. Not a Taylor Swift concert. No, no, no. No, no. no. I, I, I thought she was cute. I mean, she was good looking. I was good looking. I said, oh, you know, like, we can make this work. We can so make this hard. work. make cute babies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We can make cute babies. I tried for a year. I would text her day in, day out. Um, she wouldn't respond. She would ghost me. Why? I don't know why. Well, Play hard to get. Because now I was focusing on the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. No, she was not. Great answer. I love it. Yeah. Well, praise God. And then I found out she was a pastor's kid, so I was like, oh, I'm doomed. <laughs> <laughs> so di different, uh, but. 
even though you guys have both pastored different churches, right? Yeah. Mass massively different, right? Uh, Our traditions are very different. How did that blend? I think it's been a good blend. Um, it's been a good blend for both of our families seeing just different perceptions of church uh, and our perception of church. See, all my Josh's family, they're like, I can't believe you're, I'm going to say this, you guys can't, can't tell me, <laughs> don't judge me. They're like, man, you just decide not to go to church on a Sunday because you're too tired. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I was raised that, hey, it's okay as long as you watch church online, but love God, you know, and all this. I mean, we don't have a cha TV channel for church, right? Yeah, yeah. So we had to be in church. It's not like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to watch yeah. it from TV. Right. Right, yeah. yeah. So um, I think just the different perceptions of it have been really nice. Good. And how do you guys make ministry work? You have a family. We'll, we'll get to a business. And then you're, you're, you have a church, and then you help your own family's churches too. Yeah. How do you manage all that? Is oh, it just pure youth, <laughs> <laughs> pure youth energy, or what is it? I think it's it's our calling more than I think our calling is what gives us the energy to keep on moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I would add anything. I think it's just the responsibility that we have on our shoulders for our generation. What 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 is, what is the biggest responsibility or what is the biggest problem you see in this generation right now that you want to help them with? Having a good testimony. Good testimony, and I think just a pure love for God, because a lot of us were raised in church and we know religion, and we have a lot of people that are Christian. They just left the church because they were never taught to love God. They were taught to go to church. Mm. To practice certain things, but not, hey, love God. Even if you're in church, out of church, wherever you are, you can love God, and God is with you wherever you go. So just that, I think, just showing the love of God. And having a true, I, I think I, I found that having a true encounter, because yeah. you can be a kid that grew up in church your whole life yeah. and never have, like, a true encounter with Jesus. Yeah, I, I mean, in my life, um, I'll say it this way. I had an encounter with Jesus, but the day that my life changed for Christ was when I saw a person I was winning economically in their marriage and in Christ. That changed my life. And that's why I, I think it's really important. Uh, what Francia is saying is, for me, it's, it's not just religion. It's seeing someone that's actually winning in life, in all the aspects of life that changed my life. And that's really what I want to be. I want to show you that you, you're not just meant to be in the four walls of the church. You're meant to be in the market. You're meant to be in the media. You're meant to be. You're meant to be light. Yeah, yeah. definitely. The light in the darkness, right? Oh, uh, one, one, one other question. And now on the Street Gospel Podcast, I have a lot of. I wouldn't say crazy, but I have a lot of stories of, of overcoming, and they're they're from extremes, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I'm I, I grew up in church. I'm not from an extreme testimony. I I was in church since I was six years old, and. I'll get you guys' uh, answer to this, but what is the best thing about growing up in church, staying faithful ever since you're a kid? And 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 because I think sometimes we think we have to have this extravagant testimony to to, to do something, right? And and people always, well, what's your testimony? Well, I was just a kid that grew up in church. I just loved God my whole life. Yeah. And sometimes people go, ah, like they want you to be like, oh, Josh was on drugs and TJ slamming <laughs> in the streets. And he saw Francia, and he was like, hey. And she was, you know, it's just, but 
Can you encourage some of the young people here and say, hey, there is a testimony and being faithful. And there is obviously a blessing that comes with that. Yeah. I think for me, um, the biggest blessing, and I see it, I never saw it before, is purity. Staying pure and waiting till marriage. And I always heard this before and I'm like, oh, whatever, you know. Whatever. I mean, what? What do you lose, you know? What can you earn? What can you lose? But now that I have friends that aren't Christian, and sometimes we go and hang out, and they'll be stressing, and I'm like, why are you stressing? And she can be like, oh, I'm just remembering, you know, when my husband used to tell me that he used to sleep with this person, this person, or they start remembering, th remembering things that bring so much stress to them now, and it's like, it's so much time after you're already married, you're this. So I think, for me, I've never had any other experience other than my husband. So I think right now at the current moment, that's like one of my biggest blessings about growing up in church, not contaminating myself, staying pure. There's actually a reward to it. Amen. Awesome. For me, I'm at a point where I value longevity. It's easy to start things. I love to start things. I mean... Starting a church, starting a business, that's that's something fun to do. It's it's not hard, it's fun. But for me, um, at this point of life, I value longevity and the greatest honor, the greatest privilege on being in church my whole life is being able to look back and say, man, I've ran a good race and I'm still going. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Now you guys started a business, right? Can you tell us a little bit about this business? I mean, I... I, I I wish you could have brought some samples that I wanted, right. but, but you know, maybe next year we could set something up. So when I met Josh, he was a coffee lover. He's always been a coffee lover, and I'm like, hey, you should start your own coffee. So that's where it started. Huh? Yeah, that that that's where our first date started. Yeah, the uh, coffee shop. Yeah, we we've always our life has always revolved um, around coffee. It has. I mean, I, I, we all laugh, but I think most of us our life revolve revolved around coffee. And, um, yeah, Francia just has a, a, a natural talent of, of taking the worst part of your life and making it the best part of your life. And um, I, she's the one that's been encouraging me. I mean, I love my mom. I love my parents. I am the man that I am because of my parents. But I am the man who I've become because of my wife. That's good. That's good. Yeah. They, don't worry. They got that on, on video so okay, you can play cool. it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Keep running that whole loop every day. Yeah. Remember what you said. Yeah. So we drove by a little place that I really liked. I said, Josh, okay, so if this is in our budget, it's God saying, let's do it. So I called, and it was, like, literally right below our budget. And I'm like, let's do it. So we started a coffee shop. Um, yeah, we called our parents randomly, like, hey, we just want a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, we got a place. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a little coffee shop. And the little coffee shop, we've had it for about a year and a half, and it's been thriving. What's it called? Lux Coffee. Lux, Lux Coffee. Okay, I never had it, but I, word on the street is it's, 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 it's the best. Good. Okay. It's good. Okay. It's good. So Lux for light, I think that's like the whole theme of our lives. We want to be light. And whatever we do, we want people to get there and feel just peace, calm, light. And that's what we've gotten. Awesome. Lastly, the city where you guys are at, 
Culiacán, yes. Sinaloa, compa. Hey, I, I'm glad he said it. <laughs> this is a pocho right here, man. That's, uh, all right, so it's... You should hear Adam say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I... But I wait a minute. I was hoping that he would wear his El Chapo shirt today, <laughs> that, that shiny one. I don't know. He he showed it to me, and I was hoping he'd wear it today, but he, he didn't wear it. That but, shirt has history. I know. <laughs> but uh, that city, I, I mean, it 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 is not the uh, best place to start a business or start a church. I mean, it might. I mean, you might think it's the best, but if everybody looks out from the outside in, it. It's dangerous. I, I would never go down there. I would never live down there. I've never worked down there. Yeah. But tell us why your heart's in that city. I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I, I would have liked to tell you that when um, they invited me to a conference over there, I felt something in my spirit. I didn't. Um, I do know this. God often, op, he often sends us to the darkest place. To be like, you know, in, in, in the original language, Culiacán means uh, twisted ways. Mm. I believe that I was called to untwist those ways. Yeah, that's good. That's, well. that's good. I love it. Yeah. These are people from our church who love it there. It's, it's the land of the drug lords, for those that don't know. So it's just so crazy. And I want to tell you a little story. We went. So we, Josh was traveling every other week or every week to Culiacan, and I would go with him sometimes. But in one of those times, we took our in-laws with us. And you, if you guys know my mother-in-law, she's crazy. She's no, crazy. crazy. <laughs> Adam is crazy, too, because... Everybody can know who the mother-in-law is. She has that crazy hat on right there. <laughs> Look it. Come on. Representing. So she's like, I want you guys to take me to the cemetery of all the drug lords. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm bad too, you know? <laughs> let's do it. So you, to get in there, there's like gates. And Josh is like, we're going to drive through them. And I'm like, yeah. But I really didn't think they were going to do it. So a car drove in, and they ran right behind the car. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then we had cars following us. And I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. They're going to kill us. They're going to get us. And my mother-in-law's like, no, don't be chickens. We're going to look at all of the... I'm like, oh my gosh. So those have been our experiences in Culiacan. I mean, we love it, but well, they What did she do? Went, she went to the cemetery just to... So they're mansions. It's not just yeah, a cemetery. Just a cemetery. They have pools. They have AC. They have kitchens. So to, oh, okay. They're like three bedrooms. I thought she was going to the grave. Right? No, 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 no. It's just impressive to see all these tombs. That's crazy. Three bedrooms, pools. Okay. Yeah, they have parties there. That's oh, why wow. I was like, I better not be here if there's other people here. You know, I don't want to be caught. Yeah, I want to be buried there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have a little kiddie pool. If, right? <laughs> That's me. The inflatable pool. One of those little blow-up houses. <laughs> Well, I, I, we really love you guys, and, it, and this is great because not only is this awesome, but you guys are a, a, uh, a, a reflection of this church, You're, from yeah. your parents down to you guys, now your kids, and then everybody, all these people, these beautiful people in these pictures right here. So what a blessing to, for our, our congregation to be able to be a part of something great that goes way beyond us. If you don't think everything that we do goes way beyond us, this is a, a direct example of that. So amazing. Yeah. 
We love you guys. We love you guys. Come on, come on, stand up. Let's give these guys a big round of applause. Aren't you proud of what they're doing? Come on, 26 years old and just crushing it. It's so exciting. So, so wonderful. So wonderful. I feel, I feel like, like we've already had such an amazing time together this morning, don't you? I mean, I just feel like it's been such a rich, rich ministry already, and I know we're, we're not even, we're, not, we're just halfway through. We're just, we're just barely getting started, scratching the surface. I believe God wants to do some more in this place. Come on, would you, would you lift your hands up all over this place? Come on, lift them up high. Lift them up high. Say, Lord, Lord, use me today. Speak to me today. God, I've come to hear from you in Jesus' name. I'm so grateful to this, this morning uh, to have with us uh, in, our, in our third session of this conference, Rex Crane. I know you enjoyed the ministry last night, and I believe it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to go to another level this morning. Would you give a big round of applause to Rex because he comes to minister this morning? Good morning. Why don't we give the Lord a big old clap in here? Come on. How you all feeling this morning? You feeling good? You got energy? Hug it out with five people. Tell them you look better than you did last night. You look happier, healthier, more energy. Tell your spouse they look more attractive. There's, tell your wife she looks incredibly sexy. Uh, what an honor. Can we give it up for Israel Campbell for a minute? What a gift. I think I rose off the couch like two or three times and I was raising my hand when you were preaching. Great stuff. How many of you guys were enriched through Pastor Israel? Come on, give it one more big clap. And where is our famous Pastor Carl today? Where's he at? He's in the cheap seats in the back. He didn't get box seats today? No, okay. Pastor Adam and Carrie, would you stand up for a minute? Why don't we give our pastors a big old clap? They keep building our lives, nurturing us, nourishing our faith. How many grateful for people in your corner? Like a great corner man, huh? Great corner men in the UFC or whether it's boxing or different sporting events. It's amazing when you have the right people in your right corner. They see things you don't see. They give you tools, advantages, how to go in there and punch. I work with some of the UFC fighters on their mindset. So when they go in, they're in the middle of a ring and they're in the middle of a fight. It takes somebody from the outside that has perspective because how many know your perspective is your passport or your prison? And they have perspective on how you can punch and connect with things a lot more effectively and efficiently. Aren't you grateful for spiritual coaches, pastors that help you connect and help you win in life? Give them a big old clap one more time. And finally, my wife is here two days in a row. It's a miracle. Come on. That's a miracle in itself. I told a little bit about her story last night. How many of you were here last night by show of hands? How many of you weren't? Come on, so we can condemn you, lift your hands. Make you really feel bad about yourself. Um, I married my hero. Um, 
someone that has tenacious faith has overcome some incredible odds and you know human challenges. Um, we met, she was going through a, a heroic route, it ballooned out, and she was a dead, man, dead person walking. At any moment, her heart would explode in her chest, and we met in Canada, I was speaking at an event. She came down, and when we went to meet for the first time, nothing romantic happened. I just remember coming forward, and I saw a picture of Jesus in an operating room. And I said, you need to go have a surgery, and Jesus is going to meet you there, and he's going to use medical, the medical team in this situation to bring about this, this miracle. How I many know every miracle needs a method? And it can't be always everybody else's method. Come on. Somebody might praise and get one. Somebody else, come on. Somebody might lay hands on them in one time. Somebody else may speak a word. Sometimes God may use, come on, a therapist to be able to help you regain your feeling emotion. But God's the ultimate healer. And uh, so she went. They stopped her heart for four and a half hours, took it out of her chest. She signed her life away, said she would not come back. And then yet she came back. It's amazing meeting with Dr. LeBlanc all these years later. And he's just like, hey, we did everything medically we did, but we didn't start her heart again. Only God can kickstart that heart. And then years later, actually months later, she went to work for a pastor. I don't say this because it's going to help somebody in here before I start my speech. And then I'll pray for people. Is um, She went to go work for a pastor to do menial, like just sec you know, secretarial things because she didn't, couldn't do a whole lot manually because of her physical heart. And he raped her. And my wife laid on the bed for nine and a half months fighting for sanity in her brain, fighting an eating disorder. Everything that you've guarded and protected, your purity, your purpose, your calling on your life, now it feels like something has taken that from you. Anybody ever had something like that? Where things arrived at your table you did not order, but they still came? And so she sat there for nine months. The lights were on, nobody's home. But in the ninth month, Jesus appeared to her in her bedroom and said something to her. He said, they touched her body, but they never touched the real you. And it was her first time in her life she was able to decipher what had happened to her versus what, who she was on the inside and that she had a decision to make whether that what the trauma and things happened in the past, whether that pain of the past had power over in the present or she could be free from it by her own volition. And the ability to break free, and now I watch my wife set so many other people free. She works with sex trade girls in Thailand. She helps so many people break out of prisons in their heart and their mind. My hero is here, my wife, my lover. She's my, that's my world. Spoke for 25 years, played professional baseball, meet a lot of neat people. But let me tell you something, if you're good on the outside, but you come home and life's unhappy, your life's unhappy. If you got a billion dollars, and I'm around a couple different people who play, make a billion dollars, I coach them. And if you have unhappiness at home, your life's not a rich, your life's po. There's nothing that has the quality of life like relationships. How many know that's true? And they don't go on sale, they gotta be invested in. You gotta take intention and turn it into inception. And become the kind of person you wanna live with. Come on. I always tell people an intimate relationship makes list everything you want in a partner. Now to attract that relationship and keep that relationship, who do you got to become? You can't pray that in. Come on, somebody. You can't give an offering for that in. You can't declare that in. You got to show up and build that in. Maybe that's why a good name is chosen, huh? Character doesn't go on sale. All right, I'll get on with my speech. All right, all right, all right. Today, the, the title, I'm going to speak just for a minute. I don't need to reproduce something amazing what Pastor Israel just preached on. Uh, but the title of it would be Flip the Switch, if you will. 
and you're going to like the idea. In 1953, a guy by the name of Edmund Hillary was the first guy to challenge Mount Everest. Nobody had ever scaled it before. Many people had unsuccessful attempts. He came down the mountain with his climbing partner by the name of Tan Zing. Someone say Tan Zing. Just like you got energy here this morning, right? And he came down and he was so frustrated that he got defeated just by a couple of feet from scaling his bit to the mountain. He goes, you're going to talk to a mountain? I can't talk back. He goes, let me have my conversation. I don't even know if he was a Christian and he believed like Jesus said you could speak to mountains or not. But he sat there and he goes, Everest, I got a word for you today. And Tanzine goes, yo, it ain't going to talk back. He says, shut up. Let me talk. And he goes, Everest, I got a word for you today. Today you beat me. Today you conquered me. Today you overcame me, but I got a word for you that I'm going to come back. And here's the reality, Everest. You can't get any bigger, but I can and I will. Someone say, I can and I will. Say with conviction, I can and I will. Slap the person next to you. Say, you can and you must. Not you should, you must. Someone say, you must. Let me just say this. The difference in your life is your shoulds and your musts. Everybody's got a should list. I should pray. I should fast. I should give. I should show up more loving. And you should all over yourself. Someone just shoulded back there. Your life smells like should. Come on, somebody. Not you, the person next to you. I'm just talking about the person next to you. Jesus didn't say I should be about my father's business. I should go to the cross. I should rise again. I should work the works of God. We should do the will of God. He said, I must go. I must go. We must, we must, we must. I must be about my father's business. The only difference in your lives are your shoulds. Come on, which are based on convenience versus your must that has, hey, I'm determined. I'm going to find a way or I'm going to make a way. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to find a way and I'm going to make a way. When you get in a place where a must, where you have a certainty and conviction that the life is available to you that you're going to live in. It's not going to be on the should list anymore. Your life changes. Your home changes. Your bank account changes. Your economy changes. Your health changes. When losing weight and getting healthy for destiny, not come on, just to look good where you can see one of your abs in the mirror is a must, not a should. You'll actually lose the weight. When it becomes a must that my home has to be cultivated with a number one feeling of passion and aliveness and playfulness rather than, come on, just harboring bitterness or frustration. When it's a must, you'll find a way and love will begin with you rather than with your partner. You become the change you want to see in your own home. That's good little cut teaching right there. He made a little shift. He said, I can and I will. And he made a one small shift. Today doesn't take a lot of ideas to elevate your life. Just one you're willing to adopt and act on. So for 25 minutes, look for one idea that you can adopt and act on. Someone say one idea. Someone say one idea. You can focus on one idea. Because the reality is if all you do is listen to the incredible ministry of Israel or Pastor Adam, if you listen and you go, oh man, that was good. Weddle has some skills. Come on, somebody. Oh my gosh, look how anointed he is. He sweated and everything. If all you do is listen, you only retain 8% in three weeks. That means you cheated yourself by coming here today because your time is the only currency you don't get back. If you take notes, you'll retain 32% to 38%. 
But if you actually engage and interact, come on, and grab hold of something and move your body, you actually retain 92%. I think that's why every miracle Jesus did, he put someone to an active state. There was not one miracle Jesus did that he said, wait there and I'll do it for you. Many of our faith is frustrated because you're waiting for God to do it for you rather than God to do it with you. This is good. You're going to like today. All right, all right, let's keep going. Here we go. Let's roll with this idea, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, famous part of the scriptures, one, uh, 5 through 7. 1 Timothy chapter 1, sorry, 5 through 7. He says, I recall in your remembrance to your mind, okay, remembering to your mind, the sincere faith that first dwelt within your grandmama Lois and in your mama Eunice, and I'm convinced that's in you. Paul's talking to Timothy, his young protege. Let me give you context real quickly so it gives you perspective. Timothy is meant to lead a church called Ephesus. You get the church Ephesians from a young guy, and he has a lot of political pushback. Not Joe Biden or Donald Trump pushback, not Dr. Fauci pushback. We're talking Nero pushback. He's chopping off Christians' heads. He's cutting off their knees. Come on. He's cutting off their female organs like they do in Sudan today like they do in Nigeria today. We just bought out, I don't know how many different slaves, Christian slaves, where they chop their knees off if they won't renounce Jesus. They chop them off at the knees and make them force labor. They chop off their arms at their elbows and cause them to force labor. There's a lot of people that are going through a lot more persecution than you. Come on, just because you get banned or censored on Facebook, that's not necessarily persecution. It might be stupidity. And God can't fix stupid. If he did, he would have held a seminar for Lucifer. That was actually really good. Use all 82 muscles in your face and smile. Come on, remember when you were a kid, smile for a minute. It's good for your soul. So this young guy's thinking about quitting. His mama and his grandmother, he's got spiritual DNA that he can pull from, but his dad's a Greek. He's not into it. He's a philosopher. He's into his mind. He's into his thinking that he's smarter, that he can do it as Frank Sinatra. I did it my own way. And he's telling his son, you ought to probably come back to a less threatening time. He's young. He's got pimples on his face. Come on, somebody. He's got clear cell. He's working it out. The old people think he's too young to lead. And the young people, they don't feel like he's got enough maturity. But he finds himself in an awkward place because God put him there. And God called him to lead, not just to lease his life, but to lead his life. Let me say that. You're called to lead. Someone say that. I'm called to lead. Someone say, I'm called to lead my life. You don't believe that. The scripture says to lead a life worthy of the calling that you have, Ephesians 4.1. You are responsible to lead a life. That means you are in the place of decision-making and how you will lead your life. When you walk out of here, hopefully you're equipped and empowered to lead your life more effectively and manage your resources where you own your life. Jesus said the fruit in your life has nothing to do with God, but everything to do with your choices. Either make your tree good or make the tree bad. Either make the fruit good or make it sick and decay. But the tree is known by what you choose. Someone say, I'm not what I feel. I'm what I decide. But Timothy's thinking about checking out and going back to a place where he'd put comfort before his calling, where it's a lot more convenient if he doesn't have to get involved and lead from the front. Have many of you been talked into taking a back seat from the leader in your life? Maybe that's caused you to become complacent in things that you used to take charge of. Come on. You used to be slim, now you need the gym. Come on, somebody. 
You used to take charge of your spending, now you're a slave of spending. You used to be the person that prayed in your house and declared God's word over your children. Now you let the media and you let social media dictate to your children who they're going to become and what they're going to be about. Let me tell you, if you don't got a plan for your home, I just spoke for Mark Zuckerberg a couple weeks ago. And let me tell you, they have a plan. They are going to raise your children. Well, we're playing church. They have a concentrated kingdom mentality. We will prophesy and declare your kids will be confused. They're not going to know if they're a male or a female. We're going to decide the conversation in your home because parents are so busy working. They're not leading their homes. So they say, we will take charge of your homes. Same thing they did in Daniel's time. They went after the younger people, the nobles, the believers, the power. We're going to give them identities to live out. We'll rename them and we're going to give them something. We have responsibility to lead our homes the scripture says your children shall be mighty in the land your children won't know they're mighty unless a mama come on even if you're a single mama be the voice of the prophet come on in your home and say daughter you're going to be mighty in the land God said so you're a mighty dreamer you're a mighty lover you're a mighty leader you're a mighty healer you're a mighty person in the land young boy I don't care if they say you got a learning disability and your ADD and whatever diagnosis they put on you don't let a miss diagnosis cause you to mistreat them what you misdiagnose you mistreat if you misdiagnose your church you mistreat it you misdiagnose your money you mistreat it you misdiagnose your intimate relationship you mistreat it come on all mistreatment is a lack of honor and if you don't see value you don't add value you got to see that God made your child to be mighty. I don't care if your child's 38 or if he's eight. Don't let that child walk away from your presence, think he's inferior, thinking he's the size of his bank account, the size of his social economic system. Don't let your children, don't let your family, don't let anybody in your sphere feel like they're less than. You got a responsibility. You're anointed by God to be the voice of God in your home. Give the Lord a clap and a shout like you got energy. Come on, you got the power. So Paul's talking to his young Timothy. He's thinking about checking out. Paul's writing from a jail cell. I love that you could chain his body, but you couldn't chain his spirit or his mind. Circumstances, you might work with funky bosses. You might work with, come on, coworkers that are a little bit, come on, whack. Maybe woke and whack. Come on, somebody. But they don't got to chain your spirit and chain your mind. They don't got to determine how you show up. 14 books of the New Testament were written in a jail cell where it's dark and dreary, not convenient, but someone that was tapped into the calling of God. The calling of God might not make things easy, but it makes things possible. Oh my gosh, just make everything so easy. I'm addicted. Make it so comfortable. You signed up for the wrong thing. You signed up for the wrong thing. One day you'll have to tell God why you decided not to invest in your calling because life was so difficult for you in Southern California where everything's at your fingertips. You want to know how rich you are real quickly? Let me just put you in perspective. A million people died in the last six days. You're still here. If you got a roof over your head, maybe not the roof you want, but the roof you got, you're in the top 76% richest people in the world. If you got 15 American dollars to your name, holla, come on. You are in the top 12% of the richest people in the world. Stop looking what you don't got. Look at what you do got and let you feel rich. When you feel rich, you live rich. You give rich. You... 
I got to stay on point or else I'm going to take a freeway, another freeway I don't need to go on. I want you to recall, Timothy, the sincere faith that first dwelt in your grandmama Lois and your mama Eunice. I'm convinced is in you. Slap the person next to you, say it's in you. Verse six, so I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through laying on of my hands, which is deep. I like that idea. In other words, that gift was not operative until there was an impartation. What's going to happen in a minute, there's going to be an impartation. And the gift of God's going to come alive. And you're not just going to watch somebody like last night where I operated in that, but then you're going to start operating in that. So when you go to Del Taco today to get your, come on, your little quesadilla, you're going to have a word of knowledge. Come on, somebody. Come on, when you go by Starbucks and you get your mocha and everything else you shouldn't get, come on, you might have a word of knowledge on somebody. It can happen through you. Come on, how many know that's the, the Jesus style? Not that we're, come on, people come to watch us. That doesn't help. The goal is to get it in you so we work the works of God. Jesus expands his kingdom, not our ministry. If the goal is our ministry, we fail to do our job. I'm anointed to labor in his vineyard, not mine. Somebody needs to hear that for a minute. The goal is not the platform. The goal is the calling to help somebody else live up. I remind you, stir up the gift of God. Verse 7, God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but he's given to us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Someone say power, love, and a sound mind. First of all, he says... I want you to put into your remembrance the sincere faith that, first of all, was in your grandmama and your mama. I want you to go back to your spiritual. You were laughing at me, whatever I did. My zipper down or my cool? Thank God. I made a sound. Oh, okay. All right. So I make sure. The other day I was speaking somewhere. My wife's like, your fly's down. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Everyone lift their hands. God's coming in a miracle. You know what that's like. Come on. You're on enough stages. You mess up. Hopefully this gives you a lot of hope. God takes shaky people and gives them a sturdy project. Only reason why I'm here, come on, because God takes the weak things and does something strong with them. The unqualified and he qualifies them. So he says, I want you to remind you of your spiritual DNA. Have you ever noticed that it's not an accident that a horse shows up in the Kentucky Derby? It's like, it's not someone like watching a horse in the middle of Texas and they're like, or New Mexico and they're like, I look at that stallion. It's super fast. Let's take it to the Derby. That's not the way it works. There's blood sport agents that will go and they'll invest 500,000 to a million dollars. I was just with a gentleman a couple weeks ago who ran for the governor of the America of California and they were into horses. They'll invest up to 500,000 to a million dollars because they know winning doesn't just happen. Winning is in the DNA and it's in the blood. They will go and invest and they'll study the grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, up to six generations deep. They want to know the stride, the speed. They want to know the strength of the horse because they know that just showing up and a horse, it just winning doesn't just happen. It's always in the DNA. So they go through this whole process. So when that, finally they invest and they make that horse, it comes out, it looks wobbly. The size might be off. In fact, the horse can only see 10 feet in front of it. Come on, sounds like a lot of people I know. Come on, they're always caught in the immediate rather than the ultimate. Therefore, they live out of states of emergency, always reacting to what's around them, but never getting to what's for them. Most people just react to fires around them. 
and they wonder why they're always on E in their emergency tank, their spiritual tank, because they don't have a good heaven, yes, therefore they don't have a good hell, no. You need a good, oh, hell no, like my friend Chris Tucker says. Why? Because if you don't, you'll have opportunities overwhelm you and overloaded people fail in marriage, management, and ministry. You have to have a baseline to be able to say yes or no. Yes, I'll take it. Yes, I know. The zealots wanted Jesus to be a political figure. Nope, I got a plan. The Essenes wanted him to play church in the wilderness. Nope, I got a plan. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the wouldn't sees and the couldn't sees, they said, I want you to be a religious person. Nope, I got a plan. I'm anointed to preach good news. I'm anointed to heal the sick and break the power of the devil. I don't got time for all your ideas. That horse comes out, it's all wobbly. They're not overly concerned. The owners aren't because they know inside of that colt they might have six, seven, ten years, ten genes of champions inside of that. You would do well to remind yourself that you come from a long line, a long spiritual line of champions. Just for a minute, God your father spoke and the world became. Jesus, your savior, your older brother, defeated the cross on the cross, defeated Satan, sin, sickness, poverty, and the curse of hell. Moses, your elder brother. Part of the Red Sea. Samson toppled the building with supernatural strength. Nehemiah built in a time of downturn and famine and political unrest. Buildings in your DNA. Come on, somebody. Esther rose up as a hero to her people. Heroism's in your DNA. God used them, shut the mouths of lions in the middle of Daniel's time. Why? Because protection's in your DNA. You would do well to go back to what you're in your DNA. You come from a long line of champions. Paul's saying to Timothy, let me remind you where you came from. Let me remind you of the stock. You got God's DNA in you. You ain't normal no more. You're the residence where God decided to live. God could have memorialized himself anywhere he wanted to. He chose you as his address. Don't let anybody treat you common. You're a temple of Jehovah Elyon, the God above every God. Stop treating yourself common. Do you know what you're made of? Some of you got to get back in your identity where you came from. You're not of the seed of Adam, the failure anymore. You're of the spirit of Jesus. You're the righteousness of God. Some of you ain't convinced. You don't have any dominion. You have no rulership because you have no relationship with righteousness. I was speaking in a church and we were moving fast. I was moving fast, praying for people. You know how you can get really quick sometimes? And I was moving and I turned around and I had a prophetic word in me for this person. And I turned around and I slapped him on the top of their shoulder right here without looking. I encourage you, don't do that. <laughs> Take my pain in a minute as I tell you. I turn around and go, you're a, the Lord says you're a powerful man. I hit this person, it was a woman. That's not good when you're a minister. <laughs> oh Lord, help that guy. I think that's what the angels always say. Yo, that white kid's out there doing crazy stuff again. Hook him up. I asked the Lord for Nigerian angels and Detroit angels. Come on. I don't need Southern California angels. I need some thugs. I need some gangsters that know how to throw down because I know that I get myself into some stuff. I'm a prophet. A prophet always has to have a fight. If he doesn't have a fight, he fights himself. So I said, the person looks at me, gorgeous black woman. She goes, Rex, why in the world would you say that? I, was it a mistake? Why would you say that? And I felt Jesus come on me. I said, because the Lord says you're a powerful man. 
Rex, why would you say that? She starts stepping back. She's gorgeous. And don't take a rocket scientist. Sometimes you just call a duck a duck. Come on, somebody. She was pretty. I wasn't attracted to her. She was just pretty. Sure, said that. Rex, why would you say it? I was so inspired by your speech and your energy and your vivaciousness. The Lord says you're a powerful man. Rex, why would you say that? Now everybody's watching. And then finally the word of the Lord came. Because at four years of age, your uncle by the name of so-and-so, he abused you in that one place right by, the, right, by the, right by the thing right there. And then all of a sudden, you traded your masculinity for femininity because as long as you were a feminine person, you didn't get abused and you didn't get tattered. So you lost sight of who you were and God came to reconnect you to your DNA of who he made you to be. He didn't call you by what you went through. He says that you are my son and who I'm well pleased. And I came to remind you, you're a powerful man of God. instantaneously this woman gorgeous broke sort of weeping how do you know that stuff god came to get you so you don't live out of a false identity because your fate lies in the way you see yourself your fate lies in the sea the way you see yourself you never rise higher than the image you carry of yourself who are you in your own eyes are you rich or you po are you healthy are you strong are you creative or reactive Creative and reactive are the exact same letters. The only difference is where you put the C, and that's your choice. Smile. Come on, if you still got this, watch this. Timothy, don't forget what manner of person you are. You ain't normal no more. You got spiritual DNA. Someone say, I got spiritual DNA. Imagine if you looked in the mirror and said, man, I'm the righteousness of God. Imagine the strength that would come into you. Imagine if you're a woman or a man, you looked in the mirror before you talked to your kids or anybody else, say, I am anointed. Yeah, yeah. You can't say I'm anointed, just walk around like, yeah, I'm anointed. Right, right. Oh, heck no. When you say I'm anointed, your shoulders go up, you begin to expand the lobes of your lungs, you breathe out, I am anointed. In fact, the more you say I'm anointed, chains will break off your mind. Come on, anxiety can't stay there. Anointed breaks the yoke. Of, when you start saying, I am anointed. You think I walked out here today hoping to be anointed? No, I am anointed. You want to change your atmosphere and your mind and your life? I am anointed. Timothy, don't forget who you are. Stir up now the gift that's in you. Stir up the gift that's in you, which is in by the laying on of hands. Talent will fail you if you don't get skilled. Let me say that again. Talent will fail you if you don't get skilled. We always hear, well, I have a gift. Paul told Timothy in a previous letter, I want you to meditate on that gift. Give it and practice it. How many know you're never going to find what you're capable of until you step out of the water? Many of you need to step out if you're going to find out. Cliche-ish. You will never discover what you can do until you step out into it. It will feel awkward. Don't let your feelings of awkward keep you out of something that could be awesome if you decided to step beyond your feelings. Someone needs to use their faith besides their feelings. You don't serve the God of your feelings. Slap the person next to you. Don't serve the God of your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Come on. Your feelings will trick you. They're fickle. Shaky way to build a sturdy life. Solomon said a skilled man will stand before kings. How do I skill? I cultivate. I revolve in my mind. I work on it. When God called me out of professional baseball, I had no idea. Nobody offered me a speaking engagement. I went and worked as a church as a janitor for $5 an hour. People thought I lost my doggone mind. 
How do you leave playing from the Boston Red Sox? Now you're in a glamorized janitor, 2,000 empty seats in the middle of the night, but I had keys to those seats. So while everybody else discounted me, I had one person that believed in me. Me and a 76-year-old woman who prophesied me blind on an airplane. She said to me, she said, there's millions waiting for you in the delivery room. They're waiting for you to rise up and bring God's deliverance to them. I said, you got the right, wrong guy. She goes, no, I got the right guy. God made you the right guy. But let God's person lie. become the kind of person by going through a process. What does that look like? Just be diligent and work your, work your life and work towards that calling. How does that work? Well, I got to find a way to serve. I got to find a way to serve and I got to begin to work it. I didn't have no one to offer me to come and speak. Well, here comes so-and-so to speak. They didn't offer that. But you know what I did? I found a place where I could begin to practice. I would go 2,000 empty seats five nights a week and sit there and try to motivate the chairs. I would try to heal the carpet. Come on, somebody. Words of knowledge for the, the lights. Come on, somebody. I call you light by name. How many know if you work your land, you can have the abundance? The soul of a diligent person, he has desire and he gets rich because the desire is met with diligence. But the soul of a lazy man has dreams, but he has nothing and becomes Poe. Stir up that gift that's in you. Some of you have a gift to teach. Some of you have a gift to be able to teach social economics. Some of you have a gift to be able to bring medical aid. Come on. Some of you have a gift to be able to, come on, teach health to people. How many know we need health, not just healing? Why? Because in heaven, you don't have healing. You just got health. We might as well make earth just like heaven. Some of you have a gift to be able to teach kids. Come on. Be able to sharpen that gift. Some of you have a gift to be able to lead music and write music. Do things technically. Let that gift work in the church as well as in the world. Don't let the world just rent it out for a couple bucks. You got a responsibility in the kingdom to sharpen that thing and stir that thing in here. You become good at what you practice. You become good at what you practice. You become good. Somebody needs some work ethic. You can't be a hundredfold harvest and be a 60% person, a 30% person. At some point, I need to give myself to the gift that's in me. That gift is your difference. Your similarity creates comfort, but your different creates your rewards. Holy schmoly, this is good. There's something in you that cannot be found in me or anybody else. The greatest mind in the universe mastered you, designed you, put something in you. If you discover you're different, you'll realize what other people need from you. Let me mess with you for a minute. Because so many people say, oh my gosh, okay, I got the inspiration. But what is my gift? What is my calling, Rex? What is my calling? Your calling has clues. It's a cheat sheet. Here's a cheat code to your calling, if you will. Whatever I hate the most, I'm probably called to correct the most. I shouldn't hate anything. No, anger is fuel if it's channeled through faith and love. If someone didn't hate watching their child die by somebody drunk driving, we would not have mothers against drunk driving. She said, I'm going to take the pain of the past, and my pain is not going to become a house of unclean spirits. I'm going to use my pain to become power and help somebody else out. I'm not going to let somebody else die. Come on. I might have had some pain, but I'm going to hate this. It's not going to happen. An advocate rose up. Deborah, like we talked about, she rose up in a time like that. She hated watching the oppression of 20 years, and no man had a spine to get up. Come on, somebody. So a woman, just a mama, stood up. How many grateful for some mamas that got some backbone? Come on. They don't got a funny bone. They don't wish bone. They got a freaking backbone. 
We need some men. We need some women with backbones in our day. Come on. Hey, we're going to fight for something. We're going to fight for something. You were made for a fight. Don't just try to use your fight just to hold on to your faith. Use your faith to create something. Don't let your faith be about just conflict. Let it be about creation. Sit on that. That was deep right there. If you other, your wisdom or your calling or your gifting is what you love to think about, learn about, talk about. The thing that you love the most is a clue to the wisdom that God's put in you to develop. I don't like talking about cars. There's nothing in me that goes, oh my gosh, I like buying cars. I don't like talking about cars. I don't go study cars till I have to, to go buy one. I don't care about certain things, but I love to talk about mindset, belief, attitudes, people getting healed, miracles, because I was raised in a culture of people that just talk miracles all the time. You talk miracles, I want to go there. I'm not surface when I go there. I don't, see, I don't snorkel, I scuba dive. Why? Because I love those deep things. I want to get around, when I was around Oral Roberts, or I'd be around different people in my life. Kim Clement, when he was here, a fantastic prophet in the world, we would get, and we talk deep. We don't talk surface stuff. We don't talk things up here. Go deep. I don't want to talk some weak stuff. Come on. But talk to me about certain things. I don't have an interest for it, but the thing you love is a call inside you. I need to develop it, skill it. Part of that is getting around other people. Why? Because there's a Hebrew term, mashak, they're rubbing off of. You got to get around people that deepen it. That's why I love Pastor Adam. You get around him and he deepens you. Come on, somebody. He ripens you. You get around other women and men that are doing something you ain't doing. There's a model that motivates you. You get around them and all of a sudden that wisdom starts getting on you. You can't get around people that eat well and you don't want to eat well. You can't get around people that have loving marriages and you don't want to get with your wife and grab her butt. Probably do all good. That's probably a word in season for somebody here today. You ain't touched your wife's butt in a long time, and you wonder why you're like Ricky and Lucy on two separate beds. Come on. The quality of your relationship is how much of yourself you're willing to share. Become lovable again. Stop waiting on something. Stir up the passion in your own marriage. You weren't like that at the beginning. If you do at the end what you did at the beginning, you don't got an ending. Did you just freaking catch that? If you do at the end what you did at the beginning, you don't got no ending. Why do I have to have the same divorce rates? Come on. We fell out of love. BS. You stop loving somebody. Love is love. No, it's not. God is love. Love is not love. God is love. If you ain't connected to God and his system, you ain't walking in love. You're walking in lust. Lust says, what you going to do for me? Love says, look, I get into a relationship to contribute and give. I'm here to give. You want to find what you're made of as a man, as a woman? Find your relationship. Look, I'm here to give. I'm here to pour myself out. I'm here to serve somebody, enrich somebody. I'm here to make them a raving fan where they always want me in their life. The best companies you know, some of them I work with constantly, and their goal is to build a raving fan base where they resell to the same people over and over because we deliver such an experience to you, you always want to have it. Best product does not win. Biggest muscles do not win. Come on, somebody. The loudest prayers do not win. Come on, somebody. The best product in the industry does not win. People don't buy a product. They buy emotion. A Nixon and a Rolex. Big difference. Five letters. This was a gift, so don't trip. Come on. I didn't pay for it. $300, it says Nixon. $45,000, it says Rolex. Why would somebody pay, come on, 
$44,000 more for a watch. Because if I'm wearing a, a, a Rolex, it's prestige. I'm buying a feeling. The other one tells time and it's a great watch. But why do I buy that? Because it's a feeling. Why do people keep reinvesting in relationships? Because you said a cultivate a feeling. What's the main feeling you want to cultivate in your relationship? That will tell, I got to save you. You got to create a great date night for you. Come on. Why? Because we need loving, passionate marriages again. We need people to rise up. Also, let me help you real quickly before I switch gears here. If you want to find your calling and you want to find that gift, what draws the compassion out of you? Tears talk. If you discover what draws the compassion out of you, you can recognize no matter who you are or where you are in your life, what God has anointed you to bring healing to. You can stop waiting for a pastor, a prophet, apostle Buckethead, prophet no name, come on somebody, evangelist dingling or whatever else you wanna be. You don't gotta wait for nobody. The fact that you care about a certain thing qualifies you in your own heart that God has anointed you. Someone say me, someone say me. Say it like you actually believe it. Someone say me. Slap the person next to you, say he's talking about you. He has anointed you to bring healing. I hate watching people suffer with sickness. Therefore, I fight against it constantly. It's not just like, oh, sucks to be them. No, 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 I get involved. Even when the miracles are messy, I get involved. Even when there's madness, even when there's stuff that is not fun to deal with, I would rather get involved in it because I don't like watching people suffer. It's not like, oh, that's too bad, mijo. I hope you get better from your allergies. No, it's like, oh, hell no, not on my watch. Uh -uh, I'm a child of God. I'm going to fight against that. It doesn't in heaven. Therefore, I don't have to be on earth. I'm a change agent. Stop waiting for somebody else to change it. Somebody else's prayers to be better. Get involved. God shows up when you show up. As pastor was just talking about, the spirit, not by might nor by power, but just as Israel's teaching, but by my spirit. Well, the spirit don't operate till you use your faith. That's right. That's right. Come on, someone say flip the switch. Come on, the power company generates power to your house, but you, it's within your command. It's at your resource. You got to flip the switch. No lights come on until you flip the switch. No energy, no heat, nothing happens till you flip that switch. Come on, somebody. You could call the energy company and say, yo, I'm throwing a party tonight. The UFC, come on, Usman is fighting, what's his name tonight, at 2 p.m. today. You could say, I need energy in my house. I need lights on in my house. They'll go, yay, Rex, that's not in our contract. That's not in our deal. We generated the power from the plant. We put it into your house it's at your command you determine whether you flip the switch on and the lights and the energy work you're used to living in a power outage and God's trying to get you to back to a power surge someone's about to flip the switch in here if you're going to elevate you got to flip the switch the power's already been deposited come on and God's not at your command he's already chosen what the power can do that doesn't make you greater than the power or the source. It just puts it within your reach for what you can do to it. You ain't bigger than God. God said concerning certain things, you command me. Oh, that strips you out. That's in the scriptures. What do you mean? You command me. You activate what I've already deposited for you to flip. Watch. Stir up that gift. God don't give you a spirit of power, a fear. What's, by the way, what, what's your relationship with fear? Is it paralyzing you or propelling you? Is it sterilizing you? Is it polarizing you? Come on, what, what's fear doing to you? Come on. Does fear have you running from something that you need to face? You can't conquer what you don't confront. Come on, somebody. 
Someone needs to renounce the spirit of fear. I got a prophecy for you. You're going to feel fear your whole entire life. The question is what you're going to do with it. Will you use it or will it use you? Will it create anxiety or adrenaline? Same thing depending on what your perspective of it will do. I'm going to use it. There's not a time I haven't spoken in 25 years. I don't feel like, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work out? I feel all that, but I shift gears and I use my sound mind. Come on, somebody. And I use something and you could take this home. I say, this is going to end well. I'll just help somebody right now. It might not start well, but it's going to end well. I might not feel well, but it's going to end well. My kids not might be well, but this is going to end well. Because God's a finisher of my faith. This is going to end well. Some of you need to go to your job. This is going to end well. You got to look at your bank account. This is going to end well. 2023, this is going to end well. My children are going to end well. They might not be a little funky right now. Come on. But it's going to end well. My spiritual state, I might be a little sluggish, but I'm about to end well. Come on, somebody. You get a different... A sound mind, a sound mind, purpose. I'm not going to spend too time. Purpose. If I was to say your name is, your life will be about the rest of this year, what would you fill in the blanks? You probably like true and false questions on a test when you're younger like me. Come on. Because if you study, you didn't study like me, you got a 50-50 shot at getting one right. Anybody with me on that thing? Come on. Mrs. Lyons, come on. She's like, oh, Rex, you didn't study again. But I got a 50-50 shot. Come on. No, 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 yes, 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 no. Come on, let's try whatever could. The essay questions, you try to rewrite them so to make the teacher believe that you, what you thought was real. Anybody? Or maybe you studied, I did it. The questions we hated were the fill in the blanks because you either knew the answer or you didn't. Isn't that true? So if we were to fill in the blanks, your name is, say your name out loud. So about only a third of you know your name. Do you need to check out your ID? Like, I forgot who I was already. Mistaken identification. Find me on the back of a milk carton later or self went missing. Come on, somebody. If you said your name and you said my life will be about, how would you fill in the blanks to that? What will your life be about in these next 10 months? If you don't have a vision or clarity to walk with a sound mind toward that, because the Bible says guide your mind in the way. It didn't say God would guide your mind in the way. It says you lead your mind, Proverbs 23, 16, 19, excuse me. You guide your mind in the way. So if I don't have a target to hit, how am I ever going to connect with it? The mind of a man plans his way. God directs his steps. Be sense what's vital of real value. Take a firm path for your feet. If you were to fill in the blanks, my name is, my life will be about, and you don't fill in the blanks, think about this. Then what's going to happen? You're going to wonder and wander for the next nine months, and you'll be unfruitful. Based on your answer, would you tell your family to invest in you that you would be an appreciating asset or a depreciating one? Would you tell your kids, probably shouldn't invest in me, mijo, mijo, you probably shouldn't invest in me because I'm not going to grow very much over the next one. I'm, I've already plateaued. Come on. My normal's my enemy. I'm good right here. Or would you tell your people that are closest to you based on your answer what your life will be about? You ought to invest in me. I'm about to grow through the roof. My, my life's about to grow through the roof. I'm about to become more disciplined, more kind, more godly, more loving, more, pr come on, I'm a man of prayer. I'm gonna become something more than what I've become. How many know that's chosen? Come on, not prayed in. Having a sound mind. You gotta have a focus, but you gotta have a filter. What do you mean by that? You don't determine what happens to you, but you determine how much of its effect on you. 
What do you mean by that? I had an NFL guy call me recently and I was driving down the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard. He goes, I just got a diagnosis and I'm about to call my wife. The doctor said our, our, our child, our, our daughter, she was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. There's no medical cure. And it's a death sentence. And he says, what do I do with it? He goes, what do I tell her? And I was, I was thinking for a minute, I was praying. All of a sudden I felt that God gave me an idea, an inspired idea. I said, could you imagine if your little girl popped out of your, your wife's belly for a minute? She would say, Daddy, Daddy, please don't call me a disease. Please don't call me a death sentence. Please don't call me, give me a chance. Call me a miracle. Don't call me misery. Don't talk about all the pain that it's going to take raising me so you look at me as something to avoid rather than you look at me as something to love. Don't expect my life as tendency of expectancy just to be what the doctor said. They only operate out of fact, not eternal fact. Come on, somebody. Not eternal truth. Daddy, give me a chance. Don't call me misery. Call me a miracle. How many know you don't live with the facts of your life? You look at how you interpret the facts of your life. You get to name all kinds of things. Adam was given all kinds of animals. Whatever it named, you beca it became. Whatever you name it. If this is the end, then your relationship is over. If this is the end of your health, that disease will persist. If you say this is not an end, this is a new beginning. This is not a breaking down, I'm breaking through. This is not, I'm not, I'm not going under, I'm about to rise over. The meaning you attach to something determines the way you feel. Someone needs to change the watch. Come on. The meeting they attach to something. But then I got to have a spirit of love. How am I on time? 12, 11, 46? Okay. I got to have a spirit of love. Love receives love. Come on, love, I have to receive love. How many know you're affected by the presence, the absence of love? You're most passionate when you pursue it. You're most empty and defeated when you give up on it. We're driven to love, from love. Come on. But we crave love more than anything. What are you doing for a minute with God's love? 1 John 4, 16 says, we've known or believed and received the love that God has for us. I was a believer many years and I, I received Christ, but I was not receiving God's love on a constant basis. Therefore, fear was tormenting me and preventing me in my life because I was not recognizing or receiving God's love. How frustrating would that be for God? I'm trying to give you my love, but you're holding on to your fear. You're not receiving it because of all kinds of ideas in your mind. I shifted one day, I was in the middle of London, and I remember saying, going, God, I receive your love today. I thank you that your love's healing my soul. I thank you and I receive your love. You're healing my family. Thank you your love is breaking addictions off. Thank you that your love is restoring health to me. Thank you that your love is mending things in my home. Your love is changing things in my life. How many know when you start focusing on the love of God, your faith becomes easy? Faith is hard when the focus is on your faith. Faith is easy when the focus is on God's love because faith works through love. A man in Oregon, a minister, went, and he wasn't a charismatic believer. He was a, he was a I forget what he was, he, but he wasn't a charismatic believer. He went to the most deranged area where there's the most deranged 100 inmates, mentally deranged. They, most of them were naked. A couple of them had claws on. He tried to go in there, and he was like, God, I can't counsel them. They can't have a conversation. He said he felt like to go and sit in the middle of the room, and all he did was this. He would sing the verse, the chorus, over and over. Jesus loves me this, I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. All he would do for 30 minutes every single day, 
over and over again for three months. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Some of you don't believe it. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. One by one, within six months, nine months, when they got to month 11, there was only two left in the whole entire facility. They had all come back to their right mind and were functional in their home. The only difference was one man sat on his booty in the middle of a room with tormented, deranged people bound by demons. No counseling, no casting out demons, no spiritual gifts. One man that wasn't even charismatic sat in the middle of a room on his booty and he sat there and lifted his hands. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, I receive Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Imagine if that became the anthem of your home. How different would it be? How different would it be when you expect love to always do the best? Come on, somebody. But when you receive it, then you give it. How do you give it away? Mercy, forgiveness, creative acts. And I'm going to say this because somebody needs to do this today. I don't know if I want to go here. In South Africa, some years ago before apartheid, there was a white officers and they showed up at this African-American or African people's home, black African-American in South Africa. They showed up and they took the son and they killed the son point blank. And the white officers danced around him and made fun of him, the color of his skin. They showed back up a couple months later. The family was really poor in the Shandy area. They didn't have much, uh, they didn't have cars or anything. So they tried to go get some justice, but they just turned a deaf ear to them because of the color of their skin. They showed up a couple months later. This time they took the husband. The wife had no idea where her husband was for almost a year. After a year, those same officers, Valser Vanderbrook, you can go look it up online. They went and they took this woman out to a pond and there her black, beautiful husband was tied to a tree laying down and they tied him and they poured gasoline over him and they lit him on fire. As they lit him on fire, her fa the man's words were, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. He burned alive, but while he was burning there, those officers danced around and they made all kinds of things and verbal things about the color of his skin. Again. That woman, through many, many tries, finally they got to the point where they could have a court case. They vindicated and they, they, they found him guilty. In the court, and they did in South Africa, the person that's been, the that's been perpetrated upon has an opportunity to say what they suggest is their, you know, what kind of course of vindication or sentence that they deserve. This woman stood up in a courtroom and she had a cane. She said, she said I, I need three things, judge. And they said, everything, whatever you want. All three officers are standing there ready to go to prison for this heinous act, this evil, this murder. And she says, number one, can somebody take me to where they burned my husband so I can get his ashes? My husband was a good man. He was a God man. He was a faith man. He made me and my, my son so rich. I want to give him a burial that would honor his name and who he is. The judge said, absolutely. This is number two. I want to look at Officer Vanderbrock. Today, sir, I want to choose to forgive you. This is the wishes of my husband and myself. See, I don't have much. I don't come from much. I don't have very much in my life. But one thing I do have is God's love inside me. And I realize that if I sit here and hold on to hurt, I will let you not just kill my son and my husband, but you'll kill my life too. Because I realize if I don't love, I don't live. 
I want to forgive you today and let you off my hook. You're not off God's hook, but you're off my hook today. I release you and I forgive you. And to judge just so he knows this is 100% real. I don't want him to heal words. Somebody help me over to him. So she wobbled across that courtroom. She got there with her cane and when she went to hug him, he passed out. Right there in the courtroom. She said, judge, one more thing. Because I don't have anybody to show love on and I can't get around as much as quickly as I used to by a court appointment. Can you have him come to my home so that I have someone to pour love out so I don't die? I want him to become my son. Even though he's in jail, I want to love that man so I don't lose the best part of myself. I know that if I don't love, I don't live. One by one. Black people have grabbed white people's hands that they have never locked hands before. And they began to sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. There was a spiritual reformation all because someone decided I'm going to forgive first. I'm going to release first. I'm going to let the lover inside me release. Come on. Some of you today, you've been in a prison because you've been done wrong. Don't let that trauma become a trigger and a home for unclean spirits. Finally, you got a spirit of power. Someone say power. Say it like you got juice. Someone say, I got power. Jesus said you have power to forgive and they'll be forgiven. You have power to speak God's word and see it come to pass. I don't really believe in that. Is that like the name it, claim it stuff? Yeah, you better. If you, don't, if you don't name it, you won't claim it. Darn right. Do you know that there's a thing called in your speech center of your brain, it's the dominion center of your neurological function and of your central nervous system, that whatever you speak constantly, actually you give dominion power over and it operates in your nervous system. Most people's feelings and nervous system responds to the words you speak. That's what verifies scripture. That it says a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Not by circumstances. Your innermost being rejoices when your lips speak prosperous or abundant things. You eat your words. Somebody say that. I eat my words. Jesus said he'll have whatever you say. If you pop through that screen and said, hey, I want to lay hands on everybody at Elevate Conference. Would you let Jesus lay hands on you even if you weren't charismatic? Come on, you'd be a, you know what, if you didn't. Come on, a Pharisee and a Sadducee, a wouldn't see and a couldn't see. But what if Jesus said, I want to lay hands on you, and from this moment, everything that you say out of your mouth, good or bad, will come to pass just like you say it. Would it change what you say? Would it change what you say about other people? Come on. Come on. He did say it. He said, you'll have what you say, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Do you know that there's certain accesses of places, when I spoke at the Pentagon, that you can go places with your eye print. They scan your eye. They give you certain level of access. Then you could put your fingerprint down, and when you put your fingerprint down, you have different level of access. But some access, you only have places you can go to, not by your eye print, not by your fingerprint, but only by your voice print. It distinguishes you between 8 billion people in the world. Your voice is your spiritual address in the spirit world. Angels and demons pay attention. Their activities based on what you say. Many people in this room, you have angels that are protective of you, but not proactive for you because you've never given them assignments. You're frustrating heaven. Can we talk real talk just for a second? The Bible says the angels hearken to the voice of his word. Not your will, God's word. That means when God's word is not in my mouth, I'm talking usually about what's going on around me because the spirit of faith believes the word, not my feelings, the word, and therefore it speaks. That's why God's word frustrates many people because it looks like a lie. 
He calls you healed when you're sick. He calls you blessed when you're struggling. He calls you righteous when you're messing up. He calls you whole when you're battling an addiction. Why? Because God sees what his word can make out of you. So he declares the end from the beginning. But two can't walk together unless they're agreed. The word agree means to say the same thing as. Do you have more confidence in what the enemy's doing in your life? Or rather what God's doing in your life? It is revealed in your speech, not in your thoughts. God did not believe a world into existence. He spoke the world into existence. That's why Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord believe so. Think so. Worship so. No, declare so. Come on, somebody. Joel the prophet says, let the weak say I am weak, intimidated, inferior. A white man living in an Asian man's world. A Hispanic living in a black man's world. Am I supposed to say what the government's saying? Or am I supposed to say what my king is saying? He's the high priest of my confession. He's the high priest. Could you imagine in this room right now, the angelical forces that are waiting for you, not me, not, not, Pastor, not Pastor Adam, come on, not Pastor Israel. They're waiting for you to declare God's word in your family. By Jesus' stripes, I mean, I know this report says I got diabetes, but this report says, surely Jesus took my sickness carried my pain and by his wounds that lashed on his body I am healed if it's I am healed I am healed well I don't feel it that's all about faith faith lives from the unseen to the seen people like unbelief because it has no risk it's safe it gets what it expects somebody with me on this thing do you know the word and I was, this is going to help somebody here. Watch. Do you know the word Jacob's ladder? Have you ever heard about Jacob's ladder in the Bible? Angels went up, angels went down. Angels went up, angels went down, and they ministered to him. Do you know the word ladder in that scripture in the Hebrew numbers means the same thing as voice print? That's why Daniel can say, Daniel 10, 12, the angels did not come because of the prayers he prayed. They came because of the words I heard you speak. When Daniel was locked up, it says the angels had to come because he was speaking God's words. The angels had to move because he was speaking God's word. You want your faith to rise? It doesn't rise higher than your confession of it. God is as big as you allow him to be. Take the handcuffs off God. Take it off. When there was nothing, God said, let there be light. Well, that's God. Jesus could speak to wind, storms. He could silence them, rebuke demons, and they went. Come on. Spoke to the worst diseases, and they vanished. All through the power of his mouth. Well, that was Jesus. But he says, as Jesus is, 1 John 4, 17, so am I in the world. Christ is now my life. When the Father and the devil see me, they don't see Rex anymore. They see Jesus in me. The question is, do you see Jesus, the word, in you? When Jesus, they asked him, who are you? He didn't say, well, uh, uh, Joseph was my daddy. Come on, but then he wasn't around because he died early. Mary was my mama. They had an arranged marriage because he was old and she was a hot young one. Come on. He didn't go to those natural things. He went and found himself in the word. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am who God says I am. Hush, how powerful. You overcome her by the power of your testimony. 
And when you share your testimony, what happens? The same grace that got you out becomes pregnant in the atmosphere. Don't stop telling people about Jesus got me out of that. Jesus lifted that off me. Jesus gave me a job. Jesus did that. Let's make Jesus famous again. Let's make Jesus famous in Orange County. Not just God. There's a lot of names for God. Let's make Jesus. Come on. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You will see him one day. You will see him. These eyes have seen him. You will see the one that his eyes blaze. You will see him. The greatest gift you can have in your life is to see his smile one day. All of it will be worth it when you see that smile. Every battle, every time you got knocked down, but you got your butt back up. Every time you didn't want to come to church, but you got your butt in the pew and you lifted your hands and praised him and it was a sacrifice of prayer. It will be worth it all when you see him. Someone's going to change their atmosphere and get the word of God in them. And finally, there's power to heal. There's power to heal. There's power to heal. There's power to heal. I'm only going to use this quickly and I'm going to pray. As I was with, with Facebook a couple weeks ago. Yeah, thanks, lovey. I was at Facebook a couple weeks ago and they thought they were inviting a personal development guy in that does stuff with Tony Robbins' people. They didn't know they were bringing a prophet in their midst. Why do you call yourself that? Because that's what God said I am. So I just say what I, he says I am. I'm not trying to be anything special. just trying to be who he called me to be. I don't need your opinion. <laughs> your opinion don't make anything better. <laughs> God's opinion makes yours irrelevant. God's not auditioning other people for your role. So stop letting blind people proofread your vision. <laughs> she just catch that? That was freaking dope. <laughs> that was a good one, babe. That was a good one. I'm speaking there and I, they had a, a venture capitalist come before me, partners, Black Lives Matter head, Sean King. He was hypnotizing the people, true story. We're in there, it was all kinds of craziness was going on in the midst of this. And I was getting frustrated because the guy was eating into my time. They said, you got 30 minutes and we're gonna pull you off that stage at 30 minutes. 31 minutes, you're off the stage. Carl, you're like, oh shoot, I gotta be on. Okay, I gotta be tight. Gotta be really tight here. Okay, so I went in there, had an idea. I was in the kitchen. It's in this big mansion. They all flew in there. WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, they're all there. All the heads are there. And I got all this group. And the only reason I got in was one guy was on a phone with an NFL player. And I said to him, I said, I had this thought in my mind. I go, hey, I keep having this thought in my mind. Have you ever thought about this? And he goes, who told you that? I go, I'm just asking a question. He goes, who told you that? And he goes, how do you know that? He said, there's only four people. He goes, that's the word for word what you just told me. That's the next thing, the whole initiative we're bringing out with Mark Zuckerberg in the fall this year. How in the world, there's only four people in the world that know that. And I go, I'm connected. I didn't tell him, praise God, I know the Lord Jesus Christ. Use wisdom and win with people. Play the long game, not the quick game. So I'm in there, and where I'm getting, I was getting frustrated and ticked off, like, oh, shoot, this is a dark place. It was going down dark. And I've spoken Suge Knight's house. I've been to Eddie Murphy's house. I've been in some dark foot places. Come on. But this was dark. And so I'm standing there, Israel, and I'm in the kitchen, and he's eating my time, and my wife could tell like, I was getting a little frustrated. She came in there. She was so good. Sometimes you only need one person in your corner. My wife came in there, and she pinched my butt. It was awesome. <laughs> Women, you realize you have more power than what you realize? <laughs> Scripture says, let your fountain be blessed. Come on, somebody. Amen. Holla. Some of you, that'd be a word in season. Go make love to your husband this afternoon. 
In fact, you might do something really spiritual. You two could become one, and then it wouldn't be about the act anymore. It'd be about loving that person anymore, not being so selfish and self and reflected upon your own physical body, but giving yourself to the person you said, I want to be one with you and share a future with you. And as a result, you share with each other and create synergy and intimacy, and marriages don't fail for lack of love. They fail for lack of intimacy. So you could shut the door on the devil just by making love to your freaking spouse. Amen. I got one taker. <laughs> two. Do I got two? Do I got two? Do I? Ah, yes. Yes, you in the second row. I got a third one. Fourth one. We're having babies in here this next year. I prophesy. Holla. Endometriosis can go out the door. Come on, somebody. We're procreating. Whew, I felt that one. Come on, somebody. You guys are the best. You guys are awesome. But I was standing there, so she said, don't back off. You go in there and give them God. Who cares if they don't like you and want to invite you back? You have one shot at this. The people that are trying to run the, a lot of the free world with their conversation, and they're determined to raise your show, go in there and don't back off. So I got up there and I started to speak, and all of a sudden this woman was highlighted over here to my side. I go, hey, can you stand up? Can I tell you about your future? And the heads of Facebook are like, like, are you psychic? What are you doing? You're supposed to be like self-discovery. I said, can you stand up? She's all nervous, she stands up. I go, but before I tell you about your future, can I tell you about the dream you've had the last two years? And I said, you don't have to be a haunted house anymore. You can be a happy house that you live in with your thoughts. And I told her the dream in front of everybody and bam, she just fell down. Nobody prayed for her, no Christian TV, the power of God had knocked her down. She's weeping and crying. And I said, miss, in the very, very back, Mark just brought you in from China, but you can't do the job that you're going to do in New York because of this and this and wrong with your scapula. Can you come to the front? She goes, you heal people? I go, yeah, something like that. <laughs> you're the occasion for the God event. Yep, 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 yep. There's no event if you don't go to the occasion. Yeah, so I'm just using a story in everyday life. This didn't happen in the church where everyone is playing worship songs, come on. And we were worshiping to elevate worship. By the way, you need to go get that CD, it's really good. But it wasn't happening like that. Come on, somebody, this was woke. This lady comes to the front and I go, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, I could feel all the hairs go up on everybody's head when I said Jesus. I go, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, hook her up, bam, she instantly got healed. One by one, two hours and 47 minutes, one by one, one by one, one by one. They were gay, they were this, they were that. And yet the mercy was there in the presence of my enemy. The power was there. If I would step up to the table, the power was there. If you'll step out for your neighbor, the power is there. If you'll step out for your sister, now come on, when they're walking to a car and they got a walker, hey, I believe God wants to make things better and you're gonna feel better in your body. Don't freak them out with all your spiritual language. Just say, God's got great plans. I'm gonna agree that you're gonna help going to get better. Things are going to improve. Let me say a little prayer. In Jesus, they shot. Come on, somebody. Come on, Batman had power. I got shot. I don't even know what that means. You can release it. Come on. You can release it. How do I get words of knowledge? You saw some of those happen last night. And I told you a couple days ago, I had the craziest one. So I was in a tent with 6,000 men. And the Lord kept saying, carrera, carrera, carrera. I'm a widow. Come on, somebody from Whittier that grew up Poe. 
Come on, we didn't have Adidas, we had Adidos. Come on, somebody. I didn't have no three stripe, I had a four stripe. We was Poe, we just didn't know it. And he was yelling in my head, Carrera, Carrera, Carrera. And I looked at my friend Jurgen and I go, Yo, Carrera. And this guy came running from the back. I go, three generations of alcohols being broken off your freaking family. And the power got hit him sideways. Bam, and he went sideways and he flew. This guy, he wasn't even a believer. Got up, completely delivered. And I'm like, man, how do I get that? If you pray three minutes a day for the next five days for one person and you put your heart into it, watch what God begins to show. You want to unlock words of knowledge in your life where you don't have to watch other people. And I'm going to steer you in a minute because you're going to utilize this and get into groups and you're going to pray for somebody else. I'm going to make you very uncomfortable and you're going to love it. This isn't going to be a show and tell where Rex does it all this morning, okay? Watch, but as you start to pray for other people, God will give you insight. Show me what they're dealing with. Show me what they're, and all of a sudden you have a heart that will care about it. How do you get healings? You practice miracles. I had a lot of ones that didn't work good, but I've had so many more that work phenomenal, but you become good at what you practice. I didn't become a pro athlete overnight, but I practiced over and over and over and over and over and over. You could become good where miracles become the norm in your life. It's not a lack of God not performing. It's a lack of me not knowing how to work it. A miracle is not a miracle to God. My friend Miles Monroe said, it's just a process that you work the process and God sped up the process. You got to work the miracle. Real quickly, somebody's got really bad tunnels before I set you free and help you minister and do this with other people. Someone's got really bad tunnels that are closed in your arm. Where are you? It's a, uh, if your tunnels are closed in your arm, you get real tightness where your arms lock up in your wrist. Where are you? Carpal tunnel syndrome. Somebody with carpal tunnel syndrome, they get wrist the tight. Where are you? Lift your hand. Me, I'm right there. Can I pray for you real quick? Okay, it won't be, you won't crazy, you won't fall over. And if you do, Israel will catch you. This isn't a falling game. We just want to help people feel better. What's your name? Araceli. What a cool name, huh? Okay, can everybody stretch your hands towards Araceli because you care? I want to teach you. Put yourself on the line for somebody. That's where heroes are made. Heroes aren't made in a bank account. Come on. Regardless of what Instagram wants you to look like. Come on. That's not what heroes. Heroes are putting yourself on the line for other people. And we can all do that. Come on. No matter your background, Jesus makes it an equal playing field. God's power will work through you. Just as Pastor Israel was teaching us, God's able to do more than you ask or think by the power that you work in you. Someone say, work it. Come on. Let me work it. Let me work it. Come on, somebody. The wisdom of Missy Elliott. The other is not wisdom. It's foolishness. Come on, somebody. Jesus, thank you for our friend. Thank you that healing belongs to her. I command those tunnels in her arm to open. You're going to feel a warmth go through that area. There it is right there. And also, Lord, thank you for stabilizing the iron in her blood. And you're not going to feel like these weakness, like where you feel like I'm a little bit shaky, even in my, it's been happening for the last couple of years off and on, on the left-hand side of your body. Watch as that stops and these headaches, these headaches that you get, this tightness and the tension, that's all going to go because the Lord says, I'm cleaning out your blood today and I'm opening opening the tunnels in your arm, just as you step up to the table, God says, I'm healing you today and restoring health to you today. And also to your voice is going to come out so much stronger in this next season. I see your voice that you're going to raise your voice for other people. And you're going to be able to be a, a, you're going to be a channel through which God brings hope to people. They're going to be cheerfulness is going to come back. Healing is going to come back to other people. This day, God's setting you free and he's healing. Look at that. Go all the way through your body. Boom. Boom. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Now watch how cool this is. Move your arm. Look for healing. Watch. Look at all that tightness. Where did it go? 
Grab my hand and squeeze it. Squeeze it, my love. There you go. Where did all the pain go? Where did all the pain go? Where did all the pain go? <laughs> I don't know. I've always had, for a long time, I, I was having pain from clapping. Last night, my hands were hurting so much from the clapping. And, but I was going to keep on clapping today. So right now, I don't feel nothing anymore. I don't. Yes. When was the last time, when was the last time you felt that way? Move them all around. This is going to feel good. Yeah, this isn't coming back either. And then you had all of that weakness on the left-hand side for the last about, about two years where you feel like that weak, it's happened off and on, like almost like on a cycle. That cycle's getting broke today. And the impurity that was in the iron of your blood is being remedied. There's a creative miracle on the gene level that this, I see the angel of the Lord. He's putting his finger upon that thing in the blood and he's gonna cleanse that thing out. You're gonna feel more stabilized, strong for longer periods. Of your stamina is gonna come back where you're not gonna feel like, I am getting tired. You know what I mean? Come on, you're not going to have to just go do a Starbucks run all the time. Come on. Even though Starbucks is good. Come on, somebody. I do think they're going to have one in heaven. I promise. I think when you go in right to the left. Come on, somebody. Not to the right. Come on, to the left. Why don't we give the Lord a clap and a shout? That's cool. I'll show a couple, and then I'm going to let you go. It's 12-12. Okay, here we go. We've got to be out by 12-30. Perfect. Give me one second. Everyone's looking. What's he going to do? I... He was aggressive last night. Come on. He threw that guy's walker. The other day, the kid with cerebral palsy on Sunday, it's on video, go watch it. The little boy that couldn't walk, he took off his brain, he took off. How cool is that? Because Jesus is still alive. Isn't Jesus awesome? Let's make Jesus famous in Orange County. Let's make Jesus fam famous in Orange. Come on, Jesus. I don't want to hear about Governor Newsom. I want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to hear about no Fauci. Come on, I want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to hear about no Trump. I want to hear about Jesus. I, wanna, I don't want to hear about Joe Biden falling off his bike. I want to hear about Jesus. Come on. I don't want to hear about what's going on in the world. I want to hear about Jesus. Don't tell me what Jay-Z's doing and Beyonce's doing. Don't tell me about, come on, what Coldplay's doing. I like Coldplay, by the way. I want to know about what Jesus is doing. Tell me what he's doing in our life. Come on, this is really powerful. Someone, ma'am in the blue, can I pray for you real quick? Yeah, you. Yeah, you're highlighted to me. I like you. You're a good woman, and your prayers have made a big, big difference. You're a good woman. Who are you? What's your name? I'm sorry? Beatrice. Can someone just stand with me? Oh, yeah, there's my homie. Come on, I love you. You went down like four or five times. We couldn't keep you up last night. You were just getting like blown out. You know what I mean? Like the party was so lit, he just kept passing out. He was drinking that good wine. Come on, somebody. That heavenly juice. Jesus, thank you for my friend. I want you to walk with me just for a minute. Step into my world for a little bit. God, we thank you for Beatrice. And Lord, this chronic pain that's been in her body, especially the arches of your feet and your knees, that I see that on the inside of your knee. How long has that been there where you get real tightness in your knees, like osteoporosis area? About five years. Have we ever talked before? No. Watch how cool. How many of you could care so much about a person that you're willing to put yourself in their world? They don't care about how much I know. They're going to care how much I care. All the cool points after the speaking go out the window. I can take my check. I can go sit my butt in the green room and go, praise God. People laughed and they said yes to everything I said. But then there's another level where I'm not going to rest on that and be just, a, I'm going to put myself on the line. What if it doesn't work? What if it does? One thing I know is Jesus is going, that's my kid. Look at him. There he goes again. He's speaking my words again.
It's a new day, a new morning. He's still speaking. He's still stepping out, getting people into my healing flow. The angels are like, oh, shoot, Rex is up. We got work to do today. Not just to keep him alive. Come on, we got to do a lot of work. He keeps giving us too many assignments. You, sir, ball guy, gray shirt, stand up for a minute. You, sir. Yeah, you have hair, sorry, because he looked like a shaved head from the lights. Stand up for a minute. You're a good man. Lift your hands for a minute. Just, God's really, really proud of you. You're a good man. At times, life's tried to beat you down. That, come on, my homie is sitting right next. Can you put your hand on him? Yeah, you, the black shirt, my brother. Can you put your hand on his shoulder because you care? You're a good man. Look, at you got, you got a posse right there. God wants you to know he's really, really proud of you. There was a lot of rejection early on in your life, and God is turning that direction into a right direction. And where that pain and things that have stabbed you in the heart of people let you down, God's not going to let you down the way other people let you down. There's a healing coming into your soul, that depression that's kind of pushed you down. Actually, the last four and a half months, started around in the month, right around the month of November, where it started to really push you down around the 13th of the 12th, around, around that period. God is breaking that today off your life today, sir. And you're going to become dignified in the eyes of family members that wrote your butt off. God's about to reintroduce you to people that wrote you off. God's about to repackage you and reintroduce you. There's a level of freedom coming into your soul today, into your mind, because God loves you. God's loved you. He's never quit on you, and that's what's kept you alive. When you were supposed to be done at 23, He kept you alive. At 31, you were supposed to be dead at 31, and God said, I stopped that. This day, I break that assignment of premature death. I break it off your family today, and I loose the healing power of God to go through you like a wind. Touch Him, I pray like a wind. One, two, three, go through his chest. Bam, go through him right now. Bam. That ain't no joke. You see that? Just take him. How can you become that determined? You're as close as to God as you want to be. Can you be trusted? God, make me a man. Make me a woman you can trust. Not a man that's flashy. Come on. Make me a person you can trust. I want to carry the treasure. I want to carry the treasure. You want the rich oil that comes through a cross, that goes through a Gethsemane. There's an oil press. You want rich oil? Come on. You're going to have to fight some things other people are willing. Jesus was anointed first to face the devil before he was anointed to heal the sick. Some of you discount your battles. What you defeat in the dark when no one else is there qualifies you to conquer in the light. Some of you disqualify your battles. Your battles are what you're made for. Your battles reveal what you're made of. Your battles reveal what you're anointed to conquer. He wouldn't be messing with you if you weren't anointed. Some of you feel so tormented over your mind it's because you got a prophetic gift. He wants to make you feel like you're crazy and you're bipolar, BS, a belief system. It's not true. You're prophetic and he's trying to get you to mess with you because you're seeing things ahead of time and there's a discernment inside you. You're not crazy. You're just discerning. Don't let some medical professional diagnose you naturally. Let the Spirit of God diagnose you spiritually that you got a prophetic gift. Protect it. Wrap it in the love of God so you don't go crazy. Or else you'll become a judging, judging hypocrite. You see everything that's wrong. It doesn't take the eyes of God to see what's wrong. It takes the eyes of God to see what's right when there is wrong. Plus, if you judge people, you can't influence them. I prejudge everybody. 
I prejudged white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, Malaysian people. I already prejudged you when I walked in here. Qualified, anointed, righteous, forgiven. God loves you. God wants you. He's got good plans for you. There's a 10 on your head, not a two on your head. Come on. I don't judge you by what you did last night. Stop judging yourself by what you did last night. Judge yourself by what Jesus did, not what you did. Watch how cool Beatrice. Stand there, watch this, how cool. Jesus, if you're anywhere still around the neighborhood, you're gonna feel this, just go through your body, go through her knees, you're gonna feel a warmth, go through that left knee. One, two, three, and also the arch of your feet, shh. What just happened, my love? Move your knee, watch this. Look for healing. Oh, girl. Someone's gonna get their energy back. Oh, look at you, girlfriend. Come on, give her a clap. She's going for laps. She's gonna get her exercise in. Forget Soul Cycle. We'll do it at Elevate Church. Give Jesus a clap. Jesus gets credit. Jesus gets all honor. Jesus gets worship. Come on. That's Jesus that you talk about. That's Jesus that you pray. Give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. Come on. Give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. What just happened, my love? Did you see before and after pics? Before B, come on, B.C. and A.D., come on, somebody. Before Jesus and after disease, come on, somebody. What just happened? Where's all that pain? Also, your shoulder. Look at that. Yeah, that was crazy, huh? How would I know about that right there? Watch this pinch just go. Give God an assignment. One, two, three. Watch her. She could go sideways. Catch her. Catch her. She goes sideways. Stevie Wonder's guy house one night. We were the guy, yeah, just go, you take it, he got you. Christmas party, they invited the Walt white ball guy. And they were all dancing and partying. And there was a lady with a walker, and I go, You don't look like you're doing too good. Ah, my freaking blankety blank hip. I go, Can I heal you? She goes, You got powers? I go, something like that. I said, Why don't I give it a shot? I prayed for her, and she took off running around the house. Somebody else came in with a walker. He got healed. So two different people are running laps in the kitchen. True story. I was sitting in, and then Stevie Wonder's guy came in, his, his sound guy comes and goes, what are you doing at the party? Like, you're healing people. I go, man, I'm not trying to mess up your party. They just look like they were in pain. And he goes, okay, we got to change the music. So they changed the music, come on. From like, we were listening to go, Rafael Sadiq, come on, somebody. That's Tony, Tony, Tony for all you. Come on, non, come on, people that don't know nothing in here. Come on, somebody. Some music soul child. That'll help all y'all. Come on, some of my black friends up in here. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Some music soul child up in here. Some Tony, 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 Raphael Sadiq. You don't even know that if you ain't R&B. Come on, somebody. You're like, oh my gosh, is that like Lady Gaga? No, 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 no. That's real music. Come on, somebody. 
he came in and he's like, we're going to turn on take six. It was like the, the Christian version. And one by one, they came in from the party with their short skirts on. Come on. Body parts hanging out, drinks in their hand. They started lifting their hands, worshiping Jesus. I messed up the whole doggone freaking Christmas, Christmas party. I told my friend, I go, hey, I'm out. This is a great party. Thanks so much for having me. And I left. And he goes, now what am I supposed to do? He goes, we got a lot of beer on ice, all kinds of alcohol. And he goes, man, you go messed it up. You turn it into a spiritual thing. Because everywhere you go, he goes. Shh, look how well. Move your arm. Move your shoulder. Watch how good it feels. Punch Pastor Adam if you want. She Oh, she's practicing her bowling. What's the difference in who healed you? Jesus. Why did he heal you? He loves me. He loves you. Who do you want to heal? Who do you want to heal? Pick somebody from the crowd. Go get them. Come on, Beatrice, you and me, girl. Let's rock this thing. Lupita, where you at, Lupita? I issued the cool hat. Lupita's got the cool hat. Okay, now you're about to be activated. That's one word. She's going to heal Lupita with Christ's power. Remember what Israel taught us. It's not by might, not by powers, because his spirit working through. So it's going to be cool, because you're so good at receiving from God. You're going to lift your hands, Lupita, with your cool hat your nice bracelet watch I like it okay and now you put your hand on her shoulder if you put it on her head she's gonna freak out she's like I did you mess up my hair or my makeup and if you do that in India you could get punched how do you know I almost did people don't want to be touched in their face people receive healing better if you touch their shoulder than if you do their head when you touch someone's head they're nervous why are you touching my head are you pushing me down they're not receiving they're contemplating but when you touch their shoulder they're comforted and you're on an equal playing service, even physiology. As a result, healing is the greater degree. Your goal is not to get somebody to fall. Your goal is to get them to tap into God's healing presence in their life. And when you do, they'll experience more healing. And then I encourage you, when you pray for someone, say, look for healing. Have them begin to move their arms, their neck, their back, their head, whatever. Begin to look for healing because what you look for is what you find. If you look for more of the same, you'll get it. You look for pain, you could get it. But what you look for is what you find. When Peter looked at Jesus, he walked on water. When he looked at the waves, he sunk. Now watch it say, in Jesus' name. And you don't even need to pray. This is cool. You're free. You don't got to try. You're so good at faith. Watch how good at this. Say, in Jesus' name, I command the pain to leave your body and God's love to flow through and bring healing to you freely I got it freely I give it boom boom thank you Jesus someone's muffled ear too just opened up someone's muffled ear in here where it's been muffled in your sound you're going to find it opening up boom I see that eardrum being healed somebody else varicose vein is being healed a varicose vein is being healed and someone's been painful you're being healed someone's digestive tract gi issues are being healed gi issues are being healed come on pray in the spirit if you got it come on two you can handle five minutes of this you're all right come on then we're gonna be out just in time you got five minutes to 12 30 come on come on if you've never prayed in tongues try it come on God will fill your mouth. 
doesn't have to make sense to your head. Your spirit knows things your head doesn't. Come on. Stir your own faith up. Okay, so I want you to do this. Get in, get in groups of four for a minute. Just find four people that you're going to look at each other. Okay, come on, get in groups of four for a minute. Get in groups of four. You're going to make you very uncomfortable. Don't bounce out. Nobody leave. Come on, even if it's nervous. Oh, my gosh. Everybody participate. Come on, everybody do it. Okay. Come on, everybody participate. Okay. Okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to put one person in the middle. Put one person in the middle of you. Or one person where they could be around you. Come on, I know you're going to have to move a little bit. It's good for your soul. Come on. That's better if I stand here. Shoot. Here we go. Okay. Sorry for standing on your chair. No disrespect. Okay. Everybody put one person in the middle. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray for that person. But then what we're going to do is I want you to look for what God might want to say to that person. I'm going to challenge your ability for it. And it might come as a phrase, it might come from a word. Like, hey, God says you're strong. You're gonna really, whatever God shows you, and I want you to take the time to speak that to them. They do this in gangs in Los Angeles, where they take, when they get jumped into a gang, a lot of times they'll give them a gang name, like Spooky or Tiny or whatever, you know what I mean? You're like all laughing, come on somebody. I grew up around Whittier Vario Locos. Come on somebody, they always said like, there's Tiny, there's Ghosty, there's Chucky, you know, whatever they were. Okay, a little more sophisticated probably now, but here's the deal. What they would do is once a month, they'd put a, the brand new person, they put him in, and then they would each say something powerful over, we're your family now, homie. We got your back now, homie. You're strong, homie. You're this, homie. And the older people in the gang would use it as a way to get them to operate and do a lot of things. Because where people feel accepted and empowered through the words of their community and prophesied to even out of a bad spirit, they will anchor their emotions and their engagements to that community. So what are you going to do? You're going to become the voice of God to somebody today. Someone say, I can do it. Okay, so here we go. On the count of three, 30 seconds, and we're going to put one person in for one minute at a time. Not 30 seconds, one minute at a time. Come on, everybody, and I want, then I, I want you to speak to them what God puts in your heart. Everybody can do this. Come on, even if you're a little bit, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work? What if it does? Ready? On the count of three, we're going to start. Ready? One, two, three, go. Come on. Yeah, keep playing. I love it. You're awesome. Come on. Look for what God's saying to them. Come on, you release it. Come on. Come on, you powerhouse maka. Come on, you're doing so good. Come on, stir up that gift in you. Stir up that gift in you. What you practice in here, you can do out there. 
You got it. The Holy Spirit's with you. He's in you. Let him love through you. Let him heal through you. If the person's hurting, put your hand on the shoulder. Get him healed. Come on. Come on. Let the DNA of Jesus just flow through your hands, flow through your words, flow through your heart of love and compassion. Awesome. All right, put somebody else in the middle of the circle. Come on, some round two, let's go. Come on, same thing, let's go after it. Come on, you can do it, come on. Let's activate it. Activate the grace of God in you. Activate the power of God in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rama Ramriandrem Rimbon Tolamandriman Dribaka Rabakarm Rimandal Ramakarm Rabarm Rimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimindrimind
I give you glory and praise. I worship you. Yours is the glory. Yours is the honor. I love, I love your presence. I love your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name. Come on, 30 more seconds, you got it in you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oof. Chains are breaking. People's destiny's getting loosed in here. Come on. Labels are breaking off people's brains. Come on. Where people have been tagged and they've been tapped out. God's healing things rewiring things, neurological function, lymphatic systems being healed, immune systems are being healed, the effects of COVID are being healed in people's bodies, people's hearts are being healed. Hallelujah. I think we got one more person to go. Come on, 10 seconds, and then we're going to put some of the last person in. Something beautiful is going to happen. All right, let's do the last one. Put that last person in that middle. Come on, let's go after you. got the last one. Come on, have some spiritual stamina. Let's go. Come on. As you speak, God works. As you speak, God works. Come on. Rabaka. Come on. Come on. You got it. Come on. Let that person give them your love. Give them your energy. Give them the presence of God in you. Give them the word of the Lord in you. You got it. Look for what God's saying. Look for what God's doing. Looking for what God's saying. Look at people, the awareness of God, the awareness of his voice, the awareness of his presence. There it is, the prophetic anointings being imparted to people all over this room. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name. I praise your name. 30 seconds. Come on. Let's go. 30 seconds. 30 seconds.
All right. Fresh anointing, fresh grace, fresh anointing. It's a new season for you, Adam. It's a new season for you, Adam. Strengthen the life and the wind of God in your sails. It's a new season for you. Hallelujah. I want everyone just to begin to lift their hands. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. I'm going to pray for a couple more people. Everyone just lift your hands. Okay, everyone can do this. Ready? Lift your hands and close your eyes to only the Lord. Here he goes. Okay. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. One more time, let's sing it, come on, sing it with energy. Amazing grace. How sweet, worship him, come on. The sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. But now I see. Josiah and Francis, come here for a minute. We pray for you guys. Come here. We pray for you guys. Would you stretch your hands towards this amazing couple? Just come close and lift your hands. Pastor Israel, yeah, and Adam, put your, let's pray for them. You pray for these internal, but then we're going to pray for them. And then all, if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor, come to the front. Just stand up here to the other side. If you're a pastor, come up here to the front with your wife or your spouse. If you're a woman pastor, come up your husband. Lord, we thank you for an impartation today. We thank you for the prophetic anointing. We thank you for the creative miracle healing anointing that would be imparted into all of these works that the name of Jesus would be magnified today. Paul said to stir up the gift that was imparted through the laying on of my hands. You said in your word, I long to impart a gift, a spiritual gift to you. So Lord, as I've received, I do give today. As Israel received, as Adam's received, do we freely give today? As Adam's, as Israel's wife, as we freely receive, we freely give today. 
Lord, I pray the prophetic anointing would allow them to see what you are saying and what you are doing. And it would pierce the darkness with the strategies and the purposes of heaven that those that have dwelt in darkness would see great light. That the prophetic and healing anointing would unlock people from pain, disease, diagnoses, from mental disease, from confusion. That the creative miracle healing anointing would take back territory that's been under the influence of evil, under drug lords, under prostitution, under perversion, under confusion, under drenger confusion. I pray the creative miracle healing presence of God would be unleashed and unlocked, not just in these ministers, but in their congregation. That everywhere they go, they would have a, they leave a touch of God. They leave an imprint of Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I thank you today, Father, for the fire. And I pray today the prophetic anointing would be imparted and released, I pray. I thank you today it would be released, I pray today. I thank you, Father, for commerce and for cures. The prophetic anointing would be unleashed for commerce and for cures. Businesses would expand. People would see opportunity to build where they can't build. They would see opportunity to make money where there is scarcity and lack. That, Lord, they would come under the influence, I pray of a prophetic creative miracle healing and i pray father that prophetic anointing would allow them to reach i pray the wealthy of the city the wealthy of the community the wealthy in places that lord they have been not been able to have access to i thank you for bringing access there and i thank you that lord acceleration says the lord watch the season of three the third season of the year watch as the prophets even in your shop begin to go through the roof for i will bring brand new customers and then i'll show you in a way that you can franchise and you can lease and watch as I begin to bring these things to you for microfinance and economic freedom will come and they'll say hey it's different there people are prospering there people are prospering there generations of witchcraft shall be broken says the Lord through your mouth says the Lord for I will raise you up as a prophet I will raise you up as a prophet you said God I'm cool playing my role but the Lord says to you miss I will raise you up as a prophet for you will be my prophet for I will put my sword in your mouth and you shall destroy the works of hell that have ravaged homes with abuse for I will bring an end to physical sexual perverse abuse spiritual abuse for you'll carry a purity and a healing in your voice and your hands and yes I will turn matters that seem impossible vegetated cases will be overturned through the work of my spirit in your hands vegetated children people that are they they written off they're the society says there's not going to be able to be a cure i will use you to cure the incurable i will use you to bring cure to the incurable i will use you to bring cure to the incurable and then i will say it's time to expand for you'll look at each other and you'll say it's time to expand what we've done here what we've done here in tj it's time to take a different place it's time to take to a a caroose. It's time to take to a caraco. It's a time to take to another territory. And the expansion of pastors shall rise up underneath your leadership. For I will put them in your midst and they will carry your voice 
and they will carry the fire of my spirit I put in you for the revelation in you will establish them and it will launch them says the Lord for I'm raising you up in this hour I'm raising you up in this hour for I have many evangelists that are waiting to become my mouthpieces and you'll ungag them from a dumb spirit and yes they'll step into my spirit and no longer be stupid but be intelligent by my spirit and yes they'll prosper economically but they'll prosper spiritually for I am moving upon your work even now says the Lord for this is the season and you're my man and you're my woman for my place there in Mexico and yes Venezuela will call upon you there'll be a pastor over the next two years that'll call from Venezuela and you will bring a move of my spirit into a small work it won't look sexy, it won't look attractive, but I'll send you. Watch what I'll do. There's much seed in the ground that's been buried under economic suppression and oppression. But I will use you to uncork something that's in the ground. Man can't see it, but when this comes to pass, as my prophet declares it, you will know that I set the thing in motion. For you'll uncork a seed that's been buried in the ground since the 60s. And it's been covered by economic and religious and social oppression. But I shall awaken a vat. I will awaken a waterway just as I did for Elisha you'll not see a wind or a rain by natural observation but out of the ground shall come a move of my spirit and yes I will use you in this matter and you'll become known for what I'm about to do in that matter says the Lord for I'm bringing this thing to pass for you'll hear news of it not many days from now for they'll call upon you and I'll show you the timing in which you're to step into that soil you won't stay there but you'll visit there but in your visit you'll unlock something and in that hour I'll bring a reformation in that area that will unlock other revivals for you are revivalists and that's what I'm raising up in this season there's a reason I brought you to this movement for in this movement have I not seen have you not seen generations generations for things that were nothing and now there's something for that's what I've called you to where there's nothing and now there's something there's nothing 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 now there's something I give this promise to you. Yes, and in your house will be many, much rejoicing and celebration. For I see your family expanding and there will be great joy over what takes place in your family in the next short period. It will be a sign that what's about to happen in Venezuela is coming. And they'll come one with a preaching gift and he'll look attractive on the outside, but I'll say, no, don't do that. He's not ready and I'll spare you pain. If you'll follow my process, then I'll give him the platform. Don't be attracted by the gift. I'll show you the character that's not developed yet for the platform. For in this thing, I'll protect you, says the Lord. <sighs> that's powerful. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's a powerful word. Well, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Come on, that's powerful. Over all of our pastors, stretch your hands toward them. Come on. We pray for fresh oil of your spirit upon them. Spiritual eyes, spiritual ears open the unlocking of spiritual gifting that would allow them to bring your love language to the hearing humanity of the world. 
Thank you that you called them, you anointed them, you raised them up. Give them wisdom to care, to protect, to cultivate what you gave them. Give them a sharp sword in their mouth to speak truth, to love people, to love people through things, I pray. Spiritual stamina, I pray. Loving stamina to walk people into miracles that you're calling them into. I pray for boldness over them that they would step out in the arena, I pray, of Lord healing and miracles, boldness in their soul. I pray they would speak regardless. They wouldn't be the mouthpiece of a government or entertainment of culture. They would be an, they'd be the mouthpieces of heaven, what heaven's saying. You give them the tongue of a learn, that the winds of revelation would blow over their ministry. I pray that it would stop deception over the parishioners, over people's hearts. And you give them favor in the schools, favor in local mom and pop shops, favor in the economics, I pray. I pray for economic freedom, Father, to distribute freely, I pray, in the house of God. Raise up millionaires, raise up millionaires. I pray that you would stop marginal success and raise up millionaires in our communities, not for the sake of things, but for the sake of the funding of the kingdom that we'd be able to take care of hurting humanity heal things, change things have a voice I pray let economic release in our communities economic release I pray in our churches and give us the wisdom to manage it and handle it Lord raise up I pray in this establishment 15 millionaires in the next year raise up 15 millionaires in this house I pray in the next year that think with kingdom purpose I pray that know that they're not owners of it, they're distributors of it. They're stewards of it. For our wealth is in you, not in things. And I thank you, Father, for invasion of schools, that our children shall be the Samuels of the prophets, our daughters shall be Deborahs in schools. They'll rise up with a Jesus movement, a Jesus revolution. Is it a coincidence that I'm calling for this in this hour, says the Lord in California? For did I not do that in the 60s and 70s? And then man put a cap on it and they made it a religion called Calvary. But did I not say, did I not say that I would do a movement again? Did I not say I would do a movement again? For it will come through your sons and your daughters. Don't diminish them. Don't worry. Don't worry about what culture's making them. Know that I put an answer to that culture in your mouth. For you will shape their minds and their hearts. And as you begin to declare my words, spiritual activation of my gifting and strength shall begin to emerge in them. Many kids that are struggling in their economics are going to go to a, a peak performance in their intelligence and their ability to learn, comprehend, and read. Lord, I thank you for giving us access to our schools. Raise up Solomons and Samuels. Raise up Solomons and Samuels. Raise up Solomons and Samuels. Raise up Solomons and Samuels, I pray. Prophets in the house to raise up kings and kings to rule in the wisdom and the power of God. In Jesus' name. Now put the hand on the person's left and your right. And just for 15 seconds, pray miracles over them. We're almost done. Pray miracles over them. Miracles, not wimpy prayers. Pray miracles. Open avenues of revenue for them. Multiply seeds they've sown a hundredfold. Let deals go to pass. Bring them clientele. Let healing flow in their body. I break sickness in their body. They're going to live a long life full of energy and vitality in their 80s and 90s, not weak. Come on. Their eyesight ain't going dim. Their kids are going to be mighty. Come on. They're going to be strong. They're going to make great decisions through the wisdom of God. 
They're going to walk in favor with God and man. They're prospering in all things. Not by might as pastor Israel taught us. Not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Spirit of God. Come on, praise. Come on. Parting Red Sea's debt cancellation. Debt cancellation. Debt cancellation. Debt cancellation. Houses paid off. Real estate properties expanding. Come on. Ministry opportunities coming. Come on. Greater influence in our city. Greatest influence in our school boards. That we turn the tide. We turn the tide. We turn the tide. <laughs> We're the revival that they've been waiting on. I'm the revival. Someone say, I'm the revival. Someone say, I'm the revival. I'm the revival. Come on. I'm the revival. Someone say, I'm the revival. Say like you got juice. Say, I'm the revival. Come on. I'm the revival. I might not be much, but I'm the one. Come on. Someone say, I'm the one. Someone say, this is the time. Say like you got juice. Someone say, this is the time. This is the place right now. And I'm the one. I'm the one. You want to see the future of Jesus on the planet? I'm the one. I'm the one. Own that. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I'm the one. Say it before heaven and say it before hell. Say, I'm the one. I'm anointed. I'm the one. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm not my own. Christ is my life. I'm the one to serve my generation well to serve my generation well. I will do it. I will do it. <sighs> now just lift your hands. Don't even talk. Just for a second. Ten seconds. Ideas. 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 God thoughts. God's ideas. Flow. Flow. Some of you are going to see yourself buying property. Some of you are going to see yourself redemptive vision. Come on, paying things off. Some of you are going to see yourself Heart disease is being healed in here. Heart disease and palpitations are being healed in here. Plaques being removed from people's arteries. You're going to breathe better. Asthma's going right now. People's esophagus and lungs are opening. Spot on someone's right lung is being healed. Someone's ovaries being healed. So, woman, your ovaries being healed. Sister, to, sister, drying up on that ovary on the right hand side. They're drying up on that. Someone whose son and daughter, it's actually a daughter, you're struggling and you're learning and you're reading. She's struggling to read and learn and comprehend. It's a girl, it's a little, it's a girl in her, she's in grammar school. The Lord's going to touch her. The Lord's going to touch her neurologically, a creative miracle healing. And she's going to be okay. She feels like she's falling behind. But God says, I'm going to accelerate the pace back up and I'm going to redeem what she's lost. She's going to read and she's going to be okay. Don't put her on the medication. Don't put her on the medication. I'm the medicine, Jesus says. I'm giving you this word of knowledge today because I'm bringing a cure to her ability to think and do and handle things and understand knowledge. Where is that? Whose daughter is that? Whose daughter? If that's your, is that yours, sir? Is she nine? Nine years old? Yep, exactly. She's nine. There was a girl that could not read. It's a visible story. They're a weightlifter, and I called the wife out by name in the meeting. And she could not read. And I said, in the next 24 hours, the Lord would do a creative miracle healing. Man couldn't do it, but not by might, not by power, 
What did Pastor Israel teach us? By his what? By his spirit. The mother walked out in the morning and that little girl was reading for the very first time and took a picture and video of it. She's a famous weightlifter, I had no idea. And it was all over the news, like all over the internet about a little girl that could not read and all of a sudden she could read and comprehend. Who got the glory out of that? Jesus. How many know Jesus can do things that man can't? Still why they call him God. Aren't you happy you serve a living savior? A living healer? Aren't you proud to be in relationship with the king? LeBron might got the swoosh, but you got the spirit of God backing you up. He got a billion dollars behind him, but you got the DNA of Jehovah. When you wake up in the morning, hell's like, oh shoot, do they know who they are? Stop saying you're just a dad. I'm just a mom. I'm just a mechanic. I'm just an insurance agent. I'm such a real, just a real estate. I'm just a teacher. You ain't just nothing. You're a child of God. You're a temple of the holy. You ain't normal. Stop treating yourself normal. What's your daughter's name? Jasmine. What a beautiful name. Give me your hand. Stand behind him if you would, my brother. You got a great haircut, by the way. I like your haircut. Jesus, Jasmine's not here today, but you're omnipresent. Thank you for fusing the two neurons of her brain and her reticular active system on the front right lobe. Creative miracle healing over Jasmine's brain today. And I thank you for healing the psychological ability. And also her eyes are being touched. Some of what she's feeling in the anxiety is because of the closeness of the screen. The Lord says, I'm touching her retina today and her cornea be healed in Jesus' name. Flow through. That's dope, huh? You could feel that go through you, huh? She's being healed today, and you're a good man. Real quickly before I go today, someone's heart's been racing. You're a man. Your heart races. It's like flutters in your heart, and you're nervous you're going to have a heart attack or a stroke. Where are you? Lift your hand. Where are you at? You are, sir. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Are cool with that? You're a good man. I like that you got tattoos. I got some too. Come to the front. Come on, you world shaker. Come on. Wouldn't it be just like God to cut that off so you don't got to fear evil and feel that fray? Because that's scary. You're a good man. You're a good man. Salty crew makes sense. You'd wear something like that because you're salty. That means you got influence, dude. You ain't weak. You're a powerhouse. You just don't like the BS that comes with stuff. You're a real shooter. You're one of the real ones. You're a hustler. You care. God's going after that gold inside you because you actually care. And that's your secret power. That's your sauce. That's your X factor. Jesus, I thank you today for bringing a creative miracle healing to my friend's heart. I thank you for going on the electrical side of his heart today. I ask you by a creative miracle healing to multiply the potassium around it. And I ask you, Lord, as I, I'm asking you to kickstart his heart. I ask you to restart that side of it. I know something you don't know. I see something that you don't see. The finger of God's already writing something that you don't see. This is going to be good, a good day for him. You ain't having strokes at 54 and you ain't going out at 58. Hell no. 
It ain't happening on my watch. A prophet becomes a snare to the fowler. That's what the scripture says. God gives you the ability to see things so you can cut things off. Isn't that cool about God? So watch how cool. All these little mini things, and they're like, they're like many strokes, many heart attacks. God's going to put a stop to that. Your carotid artery is going to be removed, all the plaque. You're going to feel it go through. You're going to feel a cleansing. The angel of the Lord is going to do it. I'm going to put my little, I'm going to put my hand. My hand is on his chest. Seems something stupid to do. Really? My hand's going to heal his body? God says, you do something that seems a little bit dumb. I'll do something brilliant. You put your hand on him, I'll heal him. You don't put your hand on him, I won't heal him. But if you put your hand on him, I'll heal. So I don't mind looking a little bit dumb so that somebody can get a little bit better. And is it really dumb if God calls you to do it? Stretch your hands toward him. Creative miracle healing. I cleanse that clotted artery. Jesus didn't tell me to pray for the sick. He told me to heal the sick. I heal you in his name. I command just as he did to the leper, cleanse, be cleansed right now. That artery be cleansed. And that right side, the electrical side of your heart, restart it. One, two, three. Go through that area. Boom, there, oh, there it is. Bam. I put it into these things and I cut off this device of the enemy against your life. You're going to live a long life, a healthy life. And God's restoring the strength of your heart where it's been functioning on about a 40%. God says, I'm strengthening your physical heart. You've been scared that you're going to die. You ain't going to die. He interrupted the whole thing. We're going to go to lunch in a minute. He interrupted the whole thing for you, my brother. That's how valuable you are to him. And you got 500 world shakers laying hands, praying for you, because people love you. That's hard to believe, because people try to screw you and stab you in the back. People keep screwing you and stabbing you in the back. But you're now gonna understand there's a different breed of people, God people. Some could be jealous, but most won't. You're gonna get a different breed of people that are gonna support you and care about you, because you're, you're a world shaker. And God's giving you a power to create wealth. You ain't dumb. You ain't stupid. That world champion on the inside of you is raising. Come on, you're going to break out. Be healed. Go all through his body. Breathe that in. Take a deep breath. Watch that. When was the last time you felt that? Tell the truth. No spiritual manipulation whatsoever. This isn't a gimmick. I'm not sending you holy water from Jerusalem asking you to give me an offering. We make stupid decisions. Come on, somebody. Let's let the spiritual stay sacred. God gets the credit. What just happened? I could breathe. When was the last time you could breathe that way? 12 years. 12 years. If I was you, I would shout. I would rejoice. I would give a Lord a mighty shout. Come on, don't give him a week. Just God. Give him a shout. Give him freaking energy. Let's go. Give the Lord a clap but a shout.
Someone say you're all that I want. You're all that I want. Be healed. Creative miracle healing in his heart. When they go in there, no surgery. They don't let them totally re redo the whole heart. Redo the whole heart. Like that guy that was pre-op that came a couple weeks, some months back. He walked in pre-op and they sent him home. Creative miracle healing. Your faith works. Your faith works. God wants you to know your faith pleases him. Your faith is working. He's so proud of you. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil for you are with me. You're with me, Jesus. You're with me. You were with Peter and he did. Healed all of them with his shadow. You're with me. Yes, you were with Paul. You're with me. As you were with Timothy, you're with me. As you were with Moses, you were with me. As you were with Pastor Adam, you're with me. As you were with Pastor, come on, somebody. Israel, you're with me. As you were with Martin Luther King Jr., you are with me. As you were with Nelson Mandela, you're with me. As you were with, come on. As you were with Gideon, you're with me. As you were with David, you're with me. As you're with Elijah and Elisha, you're with me. As you're with Oral Roberts, you're with me. As you're with Bonke, you are with me. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your lobes are being healed. Open, 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 all eight lobes. Command all eight lobes of your lungs open. through your emotions, all through your heart. There it is, it's shifted, watch. Soft, 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 soft. For those of you still here, just put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, heal my emotions, my conscience, and my subconscience. Holy Spirit, go through there. Uproot rejection, hurt, where people did me wrong. I forgive them. Healing. Can I say from the bottom of my heart, for me and my wife, look at me for a minute. I know I speak this on behalf of Adams, and I'll venture to, if you allow me to say this on your behalf, Pastor Israel and your beautiful wife. Thank you for the privilege. It's a privilege. Look in my eyes. This isn't a gig. Might be my 24th time in about 32 days speaking. This isn't a gig. This is your one precious life. Thank you for the privilege of allowing us to be a part of that life and the privilege to speak to you. You're God's desire. You're his design. You're just what he wanted to make. He only made you to love you. Don't play hard to get with him. He's so attractive. He's so good. He's so happy. One day you'll see him. It chokes me every time I ever talk about it. But some years back, I had a chance to see that beautiful smile. 
why would you stay so long and pray for people and do things? Because I know what that smile's like, and I want to see that smile again. And I know every time I extend my hand in His name and love somebody that cost me something, that smile, it's worth it all. His eyes really do have so much color in it, and He was so happy. One day when I get to heaven, I don't even need Him to say anything to me. I want to see that smile. That's my kid. You did it. I redeemed you, but look at you did it. It wasn't comfortable. You did it. It wasn't easy. You did it. It wasn't always the best of times. Some things were challenging. You did it. You didn't give up your faith and you didn't give up your heart of love. You kept loving. It will be worth it all when you see his face. You'll smile back too. You won't be like all serious. Praise God. That ain't going to fly in heaven. You're going to use all 82 muscles of your face and you get to heaven in your glorified body. Come on. Some of you are going to walk by a mirror and go, hey, man, you're good looking. Come on, somebody. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of your one incredible life and to be able to be a part of this conference. Pastor Adam, thank you so very much. It's an honor. I rejoice, sir, in that good thing. This is a new day for you. And you're going to raise the standard for men. Other men are going to look at you. You're just going to raise the freaking bar. You're going to be like Daniel. He purposes in his heart to be a certain way. And everybody's going to rally around that contagiousness of faith and integrity and honor. And God's going to give you back where there was a man financially who did you wrong. There was a, there was a, a mishap and he did you wrong. There was even a sense of I'm going to go to litigation or went to litigation and God's going to make it up for you. Watch what happens in the month of October, November this year. God says, I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to bring you a contract that's going to open up something for you. And it's going to be something you're not looking for, but it's going to come your way. And financially, there's going to be a, a there's going to be a resurgence as a sign. It'll probably be around 30 to $33,000 in that capacity, but it'll come as a sign to you. And it's going to happen to let you know that what's about to happen for you because 24 25 and 26 are going to be the biggest building years of your life and you're going to have expansion mode you're going to have to bring in people that are going to be able to handle things but you're about to build there's going to be the strength to build but the joy to build because you won't just build on the outside by your own strength but by by my not by power by his spirit god bless you all thank you pastor adam thank you so very much all right can we give the Lord a clap out for the praise this morning? Come on, can we lift it up to the Lord? Are you, are you grateful for what the Lord has done in our midst today? Come on. Come on, I just, I, I'm leaving this, this session this morning and I'm just feeling so unbelievably grateful from the things that God has done, for the things that God has spoken, not only to me, but through me. How many, how many have had God speak through them today? How many of you felt the, the tangible presence of God speaking through you? How many know that's something that we can take with us? It's, a, it's something, it's a gift that God wants to use through us. So as you go from this place tonight, don't forget, we've got a session again tonight. And these, these first two sessions have been, been amazing. And it's an indicative of what God's going to continue to do throughout the rest of this conference. So as you, have, as you go out, have a great time. Enjoy your afternoon. But get prepared because tonight's going to get really tremendous and really awesome. So we love you. God bless you. And we'll see you back here again very, very soon.